there, there may be a scene on the cutting room floor where Gordon's like, hey, I like to keep things close to my chest. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins. Joined, as always, by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Nice to meet you. Mm. Nice to meet you mm-hmm. again. Yes, indeed. And uh, for Music Video Sins, Barrett Share. A pleasure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> for a lot of you guys out there, uh, it's uh, it's been week to week. We've been doing this Marvel versus DC thing and everything. For us, it's been a month. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, nice to be back in the studio. We we like uh, did a million podcasts in early June, and uh, they came out like regular. And you guys were none the wiser, except for the fact that we we mentioned that. <laughs> uh, but uh, but now it's been a month, and we do know what you think about this uh, this uh, this bracket. Uh, some of the some of the criticisms, I understand you. I, I see where you see where you're coming from. Some of them, I do not. Mm-hmm. What do you think overall the response has been? Because I'm usually on the SoundCloud Twitter side of it, and I haven't seen. You know, there's been little nitpicks there here and there, but normally they're like, you know, I kind of get it. Um, but I would do something different. Yeah, I think it's generally been positive. Yeah, yeah generally positive, and just a little bit of vitriol here and there. Mm. Uh, people who are like, I love listening to this, but you guys <laughs> got this wrong, and all this. Uh, some and I thought this was interesting. Uh, on Discord, there were a couple of people who were talking about how they didn't like it, how we changed our criteria on each matchup and everything yeah yeah and uh and i had forgotten that i had even addressed that in the in a in the the last episode yeah um and uh and i went on discord and i was like guys you guys are expecting a lot of consistency (laughs) when really honestly when we when we're talking live and we're trying to find that edge yeah there's going to be times where something that was used before isn't and something that wasn't used before is, mm-hmm. and we're going to, to find that edge over two different movies. It's just like you were talking about with Flick Chart, right? Mm-hmm. There's you're going to go up to Flick Chart, and sometimes you're going to be like, "But Back to the Future is my favorite movie, but The Godfather, <laughs> you know, is <laughs> is awesome." Yeah. And how do I pick Back to the Future over The Godfather? And it, the same thing goes with comic book movies. I know a lot of you out there have this this history with comic books. And comic book mm-hmm. movies are your jam, and you have a very well defined criteria for what you think is the best. We do not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do want to acknowledge that one guy I saw a comment and agree with him that Black Panther does belong in the conversation when we talk about Marvel movies ending with same versus same. Because mm-hmm. we, in our praise of Black sure. Panther, we had not mentioned that it also does have a, that same same versus same. I bet you, if you made a list. There'd be more than fifty percent of these movies on Marvel's MCU yeah. that end with some kind of same versus. Yeah, same. Marvel's yeah. Marvel's plots always seem to revolve around some sort of technology that a that a bad person wants to use, and then somebody else gets it, or a good person wants to use, and it's used for bad yep. or whatever. And uh, yeah. and and some and the bad version of it is always the bastardized, like yeah. it's stronger, but it's maybe dumber or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, you yeah, know? fucking Iron Man, Black Panther, Ant Man, mm-hmm. like all of these things are going to end with same versus same because 
it's the same thing with Superman. You, you're not going to beat Superman unless you have a Zod mm-hmm. or unless you have Kryptonite, which is bullshit. You want to see Superman fighting at full strength and meet his match. Well, right? you bring up another thing that I had, I had read uh, when we were talking about the Superman snapping Zod's neck and everything, and we were like, how is that possible? Well, and somebody was sarcastically well, like, well, well, like just like anybody else snaps somebody else's neck. And I was like, okay, <laughs> so here's here's my problem with that. The problem is, is that Superman and Zod are punching each other the entire, (laughs) the entire scene. If they had the ability to snap each other's necks, then punches should, should actually matter, right? Do some sort of damage. So if, if that was the case, if punches like, I mean, if you can snap somebody's neck, you could also, their punch should make a dent, right? Or, you know, debilitate them in some way but instead they sit there the entire time throwing each other into buildings and like smashing all the metropolis and all this and and then at the end it's like ah i didn't want to do that oh my god (laughs) why am i so strong Oh man! Oh man! It really matched his meat. Yes, That's right. I'll tell you what's what's been cool. <laughs> uh, and I'm gonna be uh, upset when Disney Plus takes all these things out. But going back in show notes and stuff like that, I've actually rewatched a lot of these movies on Netflix. So like Dark Knight, Spider Verse. I've now seen probably another time and a half. Yeah. Uh, had I done that. Before this whole thing, I may have been a little more vociferous in my Spider-Verse mm. um, love because mm. that shit gets better every time you I watch it. see that video that's going viral talking about the animation frame rates where in the beginning of the movie they animated Miles at 12 frames per second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's more jerky and less fluid, whereas Peter Parker was animated at 24 frames mm-hmm. and then as miles comes into his own they animate him at 24 oh, frames shit. a second i have yeah. not seen that video yeah it's crazy it's a pretty cool video and it's it's an even cooler like i i needed someone to explain that to me it's not something that i would have ever noticed watching that uh but i can see wh- how that would help subliminally sell the arc yeah yeah well there's all I mean, god damn there's so many layers to this so that last post-credit stinger was uh was the oscar isaac to, uh, Spider-Man 2099. Okay. And all I remember about that last thing was a riff on the meme of the Spider-Man, Spider-Man pointing yeah. mm-hmm. and all that stuff at him, at himself. But before that, he's talking about like being able to travel interdimensionally. Mm. This is maybe how you explain the Spider-Gwen thing at the end, by the mm. way. Uh, but I forgot that's like a whole new wrinkle because I don't think Oscar Isaac, I don't think 2099 was in the movie at all until the very end, right? Not that I knew. But it's Oscar Isaac. He's interacting with like his his Girl Friday or whatever it is. And there's like a whole new story that begins and ends with that punchline with the, the, the pointing. But like I could see that character being explored more. That, sh- that movie is fucking great. Mm-hmm. It is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is great. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, we are going to start with the uh, North uh, Elite Eight, and it's going to and it's going to hurt right off the bat. In <laughs> fact, if you look at all the matchups, these are all going to hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, Iron Man versus Road to Perdition. <laughs> oh fuck! 
<laughs> yeah, where do you start, right? Uh, we've talked about both of these movies extensively over the uh, over these uh, you know, matchups and everything. Uh, we give Iron Man a lot of credit for launching that MCU and doing so well with a property that I don't think anybody thought was going to be a big, huge hit. I, I, I we've said it before. I, I feel like I saw that trailer and I was like, "Well, there's your your first bomb of the summer right there. Might make a hundred million dollars tops." Mm. <laughs> And, uh, and, uh, it, uh, turned out to be, uh, above and beyond and is still one of the top five, ooh, if not the ooh, best. Mm-hmm. And in terms of box office or just, uh, in no, terms of quality, uh, quality. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, what do you think, uh, Robert Downey Jr. does now? Mm, I saw him in that chef show. Like he was, uh, briefly in that. Did you see that episode? Yes. That was a fun episode. <laughs> that was the, uh, that was the night of the too many edibles. <laughs> programming though i may have watched the entire series and i don't remember anything about it i do remember this one lady who kept saying some chef's name over and over and over again in one episode and i was like god yes we know you like that dude stop saying his name (laughs) i think he's gonna direct you think has he directed anything before probably yeah probably I, something i feel like he's small. has maybe uh before I, I mean i don't feel like the guy needs money no he's really become like you said he, he's donating to yeah. uh green energy and stuff yeah. like that he really seems like at this point he's vaulted above a lester yeah. to where like you don't see him doing many interviews he's he doesn't seem aloof personally like i bet he's still like a nice guy yeah but like he he, he, he seems untouchable at this point like Clooney yeah like Clooney yeah he can he can essentially he's made so much money and had so much fame and is so associated with the single part that he doesn't need to work ever again or do anything Clooney spends millions on satellite time to monitor a (laughs) dictator Darfur right yes and I think that's what we're gonna look at okay so so Robert Downey Jr.'s gonna you know spend a bunch of money and start this initiative to fight climate change but i mean that that's the when you get to that level and you don't need money anymore you are probably likely to pursue creative passions which might be directing or smaller films or more yeah. challenging roles or philanthropy some sort of legacy that you can leave that's bigger than yourself i'm curious wherever he goes i'll be curious to check it out Downey, yeah. Downey only has uh one upcoming director credit and it's for a tv show called singularity it's gonna have anthony michael hall in it um but yeah i i could see him doing that i could also see in him see him just kind of you know yeah whatever him and anthony michael hall were buddies way back in the day well yeah i was actually searching my brain to see because he was robert downey jr was in saint elmo's fire um and the rest of the brat pack was in that and I don't think Anthony Michael Hall was though. They're both in. Well, they're both in Johnny Be Good, and they're both in Weird Science. Yeah, and I'm, I'm pretty science? sure. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. is one of the bullies. Anthony Michael oh, Hall is one right. of the main characters. That's been and, forever uh, since I've seen and was there was maybe one other in there somewhere that they were in together. Um, I think they were also. I think I read that they were legitimately friends back then. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it, it seems like all those guys just kind of like literally ran around together i i would love for some people who really only know robert downey jr in iron man 
to watch Natural Born Killers. Oh, Jesus. If they haven't seen it. No kidding, man. Because that's going to blow their fucking mind. <laughs> His yeah. accent alone will blow your mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I was thinking about that the other day for some reason. I may have been, we were, it may have been uh, listening over one of our podcasts and everything. And Robert Downey Jr. came up and I was like thinking, Man, some people out there will get their minds blown if they saw some of his older, mm-hmm. older movies, especially that one where he's so like just over the top in it and everything. Um, By the way, it was Rob Lowe in St. Elmo's Fire that I was thinking about, not mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr. Okay, so Weird Science. This is Robert Downey Jr. and Anthony Michael Hall. Weird Science. Johnny B. Good. God, I haven't seen that one in a long time. Oh, it's not fun. It's not good, right? Mm-mm. Hail Caesar, but not the Coen's Hail Caesar. Right. This is a, 1994. Uh, yeah. And Anthony Michael Hall directed that. Ooh, okay. <laughs> uh, and I think that's it. Yeah. yeah. Hail, Hail Caesar. How, what a weird fucking thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was on a bunch of Saturday Night Lives, too. I forgot he was a member of the cast. What a weird career. Yeah. Anyway, Iron Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Um, so and then uh, I think what this I mean, we've we've talked we've glowed about Road to Perdition, too. The I guess what this matchup comes down to is what is your criteria? Is it? Is it elevated awesome movie or elevated awesome comic book movie, which is what this essentially is. And, um, and for me, I'm going to go ahead and, and, uh, save the suspense. I'm going to, I'm going to say Iron Man on this one, uh, because I think in the spirit of what we're trying to do here, Road to Perdition didn't really need comic book material for it to be, you know, that's true. That's true. Well, and let's be honest. This is like, the last few episodes of a season of top chef where they're like all three of these dishes are a pluses yeah. what can we criticize well this one could have used a teaspoon more gravy mm, yeah <laughs> right and that yeah. guy gets sent home yeah. right um so that's what we're really doing here i'm not ready to vote yet here's here's the interesting thing about road to perdition versus history of violence or even v for vendetta because v for vendetta was that a series or was that like a graphic novel do you know uh I think graphic novel. Okay. And then Constantine was a series. So like the the ones that are kind of outside of the norm is what I'm thinking about. Of all of those, Road to Perdition is shot like a graphic novel or comic book more so than any of the other. Yeah, V for Vendetta was an Alan Moore graphic novel. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, V for Vendetta is shot like an action movie. A really, really well done action thriller type of political thriller, basically. Um History of Violence has some very nice iconic shots that look like panels, but it's not like the entirety of the thing. Road to Perdition is shot, each one of them is framed as a panel. I've gone back and I've, I've read that ra- graphic novel. It's so fucking good. Yeah. And there's so much that came straight from the page. I know Zack Snyder did that almost to, to criticism in Watchmen, mm-hmm. to where he did it too much. This is just the perfect amount because you can see the action moving in Road to Perdition but you can also see those frames and and like how it fit in. So to me, of these kind of outliers, I think this is the more comic booky mm-hmm. uh, version of that. And, and I got to pick Road to Perdition because there's so many layers to it, and because you can see it translating to a comic book, a graphic novel. And I'll probably regret it because I love Iron Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's up to you, my friend. Oh no. <laughs> Um, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, Iron Man. Mm. Oh, Road to Perdition. Oh! <laughs> oh! I 
see Steve would not have called that see if this if this if this bracket was like the one we did earlier, <laughs> I would have picked Road to Perdition. I, 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 I totally get your logic on what, why you picked what you did. Yes, but uh, considering the comic book spirit, I, I'm strongly for Iron Man in this in this thing, and I've been outvoted, which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is at least not as bad. As Sideways and Ellie Confidential. <laughs> or Rocky and the Dark Knight. Yeah. See, now, I have, I take issue with that, though. A lot of people brought up that Rocky Dark Knight uh-huh. thing as if that was such a, like, chasm between, between quality. I don't think and so. And I think that's a chasm between generations. It's got to be. You go back and watch that first Rocky again. You will get first all Rocky the is fucking amazing, it and is. it's it's become sort of a joke over the years because of all the sequels yep. that came out and everything afterwards. But that first Rocky is such an excellent movie, and I don't want to. I don't mean to like be doing that again, but I just <laughs> I just thought, man, you guys keep bringing that one up like it's <laughs> there's some like just supreme divide that we completely missed. No, see, I think I view Rocky Dark Knight. I voted Dark Knight. I view that as an emotional defeat. <laughs> Whereas yeah. Sideways, LA Confidential, I review I view that in hindsight as a mistake. Mm. I voted the wrong way there. I would probably like would to you have vote that one back. I think so. I don't think I would, man. Yeah. I, I mean, think so. That was the one that's the one that I I was deflated. <laughs> I like both of those movies, but LA Confidential. Well, to me <clears throat> to me, that was the emotional pick. I think you and I pick sideways. Mm-hmm. Um it, it, because I think it resonates with us emotionally more so than L.A. Confidential. L.A. Confidential is definitely the better shot film, I guess, like better, better, technically a better film. Way better story. Yes, way better story, for sure. For Performance. Sure. I mean, you have Paul Giamatti and Thomas Hayden Church anchor that sideways, but like mm-hmm. there's a million people in L.A. Confidential that are great. Yeah, I mean, he even coaxed a good performance out of Russell Crowe. Yeah. <laughs> Well, back in the day, back in the day, that was that was his M.O. He was also true. He was pretty, Uh, especially as Sid. I would say I would say Coke's a great performance (laughs) out of Kim Basinger is probably closer. Although Basinger was okay, She won an Oscar for that. (laughs) Yeah, that always bothered me. I know. I know. (laughs) Um, Have you seen this loudest voice in the room, by the way? No. The uh, Russell Crowe playing uh, oh. Roger Ailes. Roger no, Ailes? but I heard, like, I heard he lost his temper. Shocking. Shocking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. He wanted the movie to be a more sympathetic take on Roger Ailes. And I guess it was more of a, a vice type hit job. Hmm. Yeah. And and like, you're the title character. You probably could have ironed that out before you even start filming. And you can see both. I mean, I'm sure he probably didn't handle it well, given his history, but like you could see both sides of that argument, too. Mm, I'm not going to even say a word. I mean, from the performance aspect. Absolutely. Yeah, that's you all You can I'm see saying. as an actor why you want the character you're playing to have some measure of sympathy. Yes. I get that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not the actual person. No. I, okay. Road to Perdition moves to the Final Four. We move on to the West region where we have the Dark Knight versus Black Panther. I'm sorry. And it's another that. one that's going to hurt. It's another one that's going to hurt. Another one I saw both of these just recently, over the last week. Oh, yeah? On so Netflix. Yeah. So you have, a, you have a, a fresh perspective on these two movies. They're very... I mean, you can't really get more different in, in terms of shooting. Because mm-hmm. Black Panther, despite the title, 
is very colorful. Mm-hmm. Like it's extremely the 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 visuals pop and like all the colors and even in the the city center uh all over Wakanda um the stuff in Busan, you know, the the purple energy that that emanates from that new suit and all that stuff, the way that everybody dresses um I did go back and watch specifically that cliff scene and you're absolutely right. There's people not just hanging out. They're like doing things like this and mm. like flowing their arms all back and forth. And it looks fucking awful. Yeah. yeah. It's just, there's something <laughs> unnatural about it. I can't figure it out. It's either the frame rate of those, of those people, or it's a scale thing, or it could be a combination of all those things. But like every time there's a digital crowd, it just never looks right. Well, here's the problem with that. If it's a visual choice to say, I want to represent, you know, all of Wakanda, that's not all of Wakanda. Mm-hmm. That's like, you know, enough people to, to sit on a cliff face. That's like a REM concert or something like that. <laughs> it's not a fucking, yeah. it's not an entire country. So either, <laughs> I think REM can pull more than two dozen people. So either scale it back to where it's just practical humans standing on that fucking soundstage or do everybody do a Lord of the Rings type of thing where everybody's in that fucking I would, thing? I would like to know, just especially in in light of that Shazam director's video about the problem solving of movie making, uh, which was a fantastic video. Yeah. I would like to know how the way they ended up shooting the cliff scene solved their problem. Yeah. I would like to know the <laughs> yeah. story of how that became the solution. Can mm-hmm. we not get the actors here? Yeah. Can we not put them on the cliff because of safety reasons? Do Can we not fake the cliff? Like, it's baffling to me. I agree. Consider, I agree. Considering that those there are two of those scenes, and they are anchors yeah. in the whole film. Yeah. It's almost like, oh, I don't well, know. Well, and, and, and it t- sort of takes you out a little bit because... I, I understand why they didn't do too much work on it because they don't show those people during the fights. They only mm-hmm. show the people who are at the bottom mm-hmm. what, looking on. So it may, it may have been a, a cost thing. Like, are we really going to build a whole thing for this? But it, it in a way takes you out because it would be, it'd be nice to see all the people like cheering it on mm-hmm. from the stands and everything or the stands but the cliff yeah have a like a like a background shot like going over the crowd and all that shit yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um uh, so it's it's kind of disconcerting when you see this crowd full of people you know this uh cliff full of people and then it, then it just kind of like well we're now we're just going to focus on the bottom the bottom level everybody mm-hmm. else is kind of out of the of the frame um the only other big story issue that i had with black panther it's always been an issue for me. I think we send it. Daniel Kaluuya's character turns on a fucking dime mm-hmm. because Black T'Challa has been Black Panther for like a week, less than a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, go get me Claw. Right. He goes and chases fucking Claw down. You know, he gets away, but he does everything that he's supposed to. In fact, he does get him. He does get him. He catches but decides him. Not he gets to, out. But, but decides not to kill him. Right. Right. And after that, he's already gotten him once. Mm-hmm. He was going to imprison him. It was only Killmonger that, that was the reason that he escaped. And Daniel Kaluuya's character is just like, fuck you, man. I'm going yeah. for this dude right. that I've never met before, but he's got claw. Hey, even though we grew up together and all that bullshit, I'm, I'm fucking switching on. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it becomes this whole thing. Like, if, a if, lot of Wakandans die because of this. Yeah, if it had been a something where it's like six months later or something <laughs> like that, you know, and, and, and he's like, and, you know, he's still sitting there talking some bullshit about how he's not going to get claw, <laughs> then maybe. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, it's a <laughs> Yeah. Uh, he does turn on a dime. It feels a little 
convenient like plot reasons why but you know again it's the movie's got so much going for it again no yeah and i can overlook this and that like the final fight scene is not only the same versus same it's darkest night down there in the inside of the mountain and and it doesn't have to be we've mm -hmm. seen these two fight you know that practical fight in the fucking in the in the pond which is outstanding which is great it's it's just as good as batman bane in uh, Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. see that big of a flaw in The Dark Knight? Mm. Well, the there is that Joker performance. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was also going to add, I feel like Black Panther's a more kinetic, kinetically shot kind of film. Oh, like sure. a lot of sweeping, moving cameras that just kind of give you this feeling of motion. Whereas The Dark Knight is much more stark and you know right. what i mean like, like the pan over hong yeah. kong and well, all that shit i mean the 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 main knock against the dark knight i think is the uh the plot holes of it uh especially joker's plan to mm. get in the get in prison and all this like you know planting the phone inside dude's stomach and all and like all these things that he, that really he shouldn't have that much foreknowledge yeah did you I'm sure you broke that down in the. I know you broke that down in the. I think video. we did. Let's talk about Joker's plan in this. So you basically, what I typically do is I like I'll write down like, here's what had to have happened first. Here's what had to happen. That kind of thing. Did any of it make any possible sense? Joker's plan, like as far as like when he had time to have the guy sew the thing. See, in, I'm I'm not as bothered by how complicated his plan is as I am by the fact that he has one. Because this character's yeah. going to go on to claim later, you th- do I look like a guy that has a plan? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, you do. A very convoluted one that <laughs> yeah. took weeks to set in motion. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, and I haven't, I have not seen The Dark Knight in a while, so I can't remember every single little detail about it, but I do think that getting, uh, you know, Aaron Eckhart and Maggie Gyllenhaal and two completely different areas mm-hmm. with two different, different things uh and and setting up all this thing everybody does the exact thing that they're supposed to do for his plan to work like it it, there's too many moving parts like you could plan this perfectly and still you know one thing would throw it off right yeah yeah well and i never really i never really enjoyed the whole faking gordon's death like mini subplot it never made much sense to me doesn't it doesn't really make a whole i'm gonna fake my death to protect my family and i'm only gonna tell bruce wayne batman does batman even know does anyone know the police the police commissioner doesn't know like the mayor doesn't know none of the other cops know who did he even tell uh dent didn't he tell dent no Mm -mm. because the dent's the one who's like you (laughs) you really do keep things close to the chest even though that was said to somebody else it w- like it was said in a recognition that they've said this before but it was too completely different yeah, yeah it was it was bruce saying that to lucius <laughs> yeah, well and yeah. he says close to the vest yes, yeah, the yeah. Says close to the chest he's like you do keep things close to the chest like they had some you know it didn't make any sense like no there, there may be a scene on the cutting room floor where gordon's like hey I like to keep things close to my chest. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like, guys, this 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 makes the movie five seconds longer. You can't do it. <laughs> um, I like, one of the things I like about The Dark Knight is that it got us, initially it didn't like it. It got us out of the Wayne Manor and the mansion and the Batcave. Yep. Uh, and it gave us this sort of city Batman mm-hmm. who has a penthouse and who's got this shipping yard crate yeah. that elevators down into like a concrete 
Batcave. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by the third movie, you know, back in Wayne Manor. But I like breaking it up. I like no, it. I agree. And I think that's why the 89 Batman was so good, because it got you out in that cityscapes and all those mm-hmm. Tim Burton-esque gothic type mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. And the same thing here. And we've talked about how you making Chicago a character was so perfect. I mean, yeah. everything worked out perfectly. The, the, the Trump Tower... The, the the blue tower was still under construction down mm-hmm. on the riverfront. That was perfect. The uh, Marina City, the corncob buildings that we want mm-hmm. that he could drop right into was perfect for that action set piece. It's like Nolan looked at the the architecture of Chicago and was like, I can do some shit with this. Like well, he even wrote the fairies into it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah I thought my movie Chicago is fuck. Yeah, that movie's more Chicago than the movie Chicago. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. literally it is. is. <laughs> um. I didn't want to mean to get back to the negative. Uh, this is something that else I wanted to bring up during all the planning and everything was that Joker taunts that one dude that's guarding him and talks about like how his friend, like, you know, uh, you know, whatever he screamed or he cried or whatever the hell it was to get that guy all riled up so that he'd, he'd fight oh, him yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. everything. That's another part of his plan. Yeah. Is like I'm gonna get that guy so riled up about his buddy <laughs> that he's gonna want to beat me up, and of course I'm the Joker. I'm gonna beat him up, yeah. um, and uh, and and it's it's gonna turn the tables and everything. Uh, it, this is one of these. I don't know if it probably wasn't Dark Knight that started this, but this is a common thing we see in all of the. It's we saw it, uh, you know, in Infinity War. Oh, yeah. With uh, yeah, yeah. with uh, Star Lord and everything, it's like this idea that people just lose their shit over. I understand. I understand being emotional about somebody you've lost and mm-hmm. everything, but I don't understand being that emotional to the point that you fuck everything up. Yep. Every time, like you, you, you I mean, I understand that that's going to happen for some people, sure, but they make it sound like all the everybody is like that yep. with these movies. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I didn't like that either, but. Uh, yeah, I like, I, I, the dark Knight is just technically just an excellent film. And so I can sort of ignore a lot of those little things in there. It's still fun. Yeah, it is. It is fun. Even though it's a pretty big, serious movie, with a lot of weight to it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is fun. I think that's sort of the, by the way, don't mean to have an aside, but I think that's sort of what people sort of, uh, don't realize about us when we're cinema sins and everything is that when we do something like that and pick apart the Dark Knight, like all this other stuff and everything, we could still totally be having fun with what they're showing on the movie. Yeah. In the movie. So a lot of times it's like, yeah, we're right. We're putting there's putting it on notice for a sin or whatever, <laughs> but still like secretly we're like, uh, kind of like this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of times I found myself smiling a lot at the movie that I'm sending right now, even though it's terrible. Oh God, not me. <laughs> there are, there are, there are times, obviously, yes, the vitriol is real and we don't like anything, <laughs> like but Dumbo. Yeah. Oh my God. I loved your description for Dumbo, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I just want, I wanted, I didn't want to play around with yeah. people need to know um so it comes down to what are we gonna pick here dark knight I've, i feel like i'm one of the biggest black panther fans around yeah and this was a very easy decision for me yeah <sighs> you can't ignore the impact that black panther had mm-hmm. and i think i i did on the last pick because i think i picked against it in the last round uh, you know, it was this groundswell of like, you know, people were 
it's hard for me to say it, but people were empowered. Mm -hmm. People saw themselves on screen, not only themselves on screen, but like in a superhero positive, we run the world, we have the greatest technology sort of way. In a movie that domestically beat infinity war yeah mm-hmm. yeah it was <laughs> well again it was in theater still when infinity yeah, war came that's the out. only reason i was able to watch everything uh <laughs> again right. was because black panther was still going on at the time infinity war was about to come out um man i the dark knight definitely had you know cultural relevance i mean it, it got heath ledger an oscar which i guess is probably the only acting oscar for a comic book movie in the history of ever yep i think think so so. yeah Yeah. i'm sure it'll happen again be interesting to see if anybody from endgame got will get nominated i don't think so this year acting uh there are things like that's going to get nominated for yeah oh it deserves sure sure. but i don't know if acting is one of them um but uh god damn i think because of i think that that tips the scales because i'm going to vote for black panther the thing that tips the scales is that i did find a glaring flaw in the dark knight and it's all of the two-faced stuff. Almost all of the two-faced stuff. Yeah, you? yeah. I think it's tacked on. I don't think you need it at all. Um, and I understand, like, the the villain turn mm-hmm. so that he can become the hero of Gotham, always whatever fuck. But, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I don't like any of the two-faced stuff, mm-hmm. except for how horrific it looks. Good so, makeup job. Uh, I think just for relevance... And comic booky ness I'm going to go Black Panther. Mm, mm. Okay, so mm. decisions on me, huh? Mm. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Dark Knight. Mm. Uh, mm. No yeah. bad choices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Except yours. <laughs> I, you know, I think in the end, what gets what gets me is that in, in technical, the technical excellence of Dark Knight is going to beat Black Panther. Yeah. Um, even though there are many things technically wrong with dark knight and everything <laughs> but that again that end that final battle scene and everything gives me a headache i can't take any of those yeah. i can't take those anymore the there's something that's happened and it's it's all it's all the digital age it's probably what it is but braveheart remember how braveheart used to get like hundreds of them thousands of extras and everything to go and fight and it looked real because it was yep. mm-hmm. and now we do this thing where it's like well we've got 10 actors let's just you know put the thing in the you know the thing in mcdougall and, and <laughs> well and i know some of them you know robert downey jr can't fly in real life that's true what but like the whole thing about the civil war battle at the airport how like only half the actors were even there yeah because yeah. they didn't need them because yeah, they weren't showing their face yeah. there's makes me it makes me a little bit sad i mean I, I feel like i can feel that when i watch that sequence i agree did you uh, see the thing that tom holland said that um everybody in that last scene in endgame was actually in, there on set everybody oh, really? at, at the the last shot of going through Everybody that's ever been associated with the the MCU, oh, everybody was there. on that set. Huh. He said it, it was the most insane thing he's ever seen because for those schedules to all work out for as much as those people work, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and tough. it's that actually I want to watch it again. Just getting goosebumps thinking about it, which is stupid, but it, just kind of getting every, the band all together for mm-hmm. one last time. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Except for Tony, I guess. <laughs> I wonder if Gwyneth Paltrow remembers being there. <laughs> yeah probably not we were at a lake and 
I had vagina rocks in me. And <laughs> yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Rumbling around in there. Yeah, just rumbling around. <laughs> Did you see the thing? Do you know who Grimes, the singer? Uh-huh. Did you see the shit about her today on Twitter? What was what was the deal? Like she's, she's talking about her workout regime. Yeah, not regimen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it include it included <laughs> having the outer layer of her eyeball regime. Removed. Oh yeah, to like cure her depression. I'm serious. You need to check out Twitter when you get it. This home. was, what's her name again? Grimes. Grimes, She's that's dating right. Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, oh. like, if anybody knows about eyeball layer removal <laughs> technology, it's probably that guy. Would, would vaginal rocks, like, <laughs> work like, work like Bobble? The, the, you know, hit the little. Boggle? Uh, boggle. Yeah, no, yeah. no, bo- no. What's Weebles. the one? What's the one where you hit the little bubble and there's, like, the dice? And it, oh, that's oh, what I thought about when you brought oh. up vagina rocks. <sighs> is it not boggle? What is it called? Boggle? I thought it's boggle it was. is the one where you like shake yeah. the letters, but the there's another board game where there's a bubble in the uh, middle. You're right. I don't remember that game's name. I know what you're talking about though. <laughs> there's bubble bobble, bubble bobble. Maybe it's bubble bobble. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Bubble, bubble. Is that is that the bubble in the center of the board? No, no. that's not it. He uh, hit the he hit the bubble and the no, dice fly, the about. dice go a certain way, and uh, yeah, it's like a shake and take, <laughs> shoots and bladders, <laughs> shoots and bladders. Uh, trouble, trouble. Mm, trouble. That is the that is the name of the game. Yeah, trouble. <laughs> it starts so with T. So imagine <laughs> the vagina vagina rocks. rocks. It's like trouble. <laughs> There's so many different things popping into my head, oh. like the uh, the the Fifty Shades, the second one, where he brings out like these these beads, and she's like, "You're not putting those in my butt." Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "They don't go in your butt." Like that's better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. No, they go in your pussy. Yeah. They so go up, be, they go up your nose, <laughs> and they come out your mouth. <laughs> That's going to make you feel so much more comfortable. Flossing yes. <laughs> Nasal down. flossing. Man. <laughs> what terrible people those people are. <laughs> They're terrible people. <laughs> She's like, I don't want to do any of this shit that you like doing, but fuck, you're so hot. Oh, my God. They're, I mean, he's the worst. He's the worst. <laughs> so hot and rich. I'll let you do that shit. <laughs> yes. Oh man, that's the, on up that's, the, that's the that's the underlying theme, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> women will put up with anything as long as you're hot and rich. Uh, I, so I took away from. I, it. I think it's the I think it's the same for everybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Did the Dark Knight win? Yes, it did okay. win. It did. But really, the real winners are the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, and the makers of trouble, <laughs> yes. and the manufacturers of vagina rocks. Right, right. Um, wow. That means the uh, final four matchup will be Road to Perdition versus the Dark Knight. DC on DC. That's right. For all y'all people saying DC doesn't have a chance in this final four. Yeah. Well, it's going to get one in the final. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go to the South region where we have Avengers on Avengers violence. Oh, Uh-oh. the Avengers versus infinity war. Ooh. I tell you what, infinity war is the Avengers movie that I've watched the most mm-hmm. weirdly enough mm-hmm. because I'm just constantly on Netflix. Like I'll just, I'll play 30 minutes of it or something like that because there are 30 minute stretches in there where it's glorious mm-hmm. and I I don't know if I really love it, but I keep watching it. It's so weird. Yeah. I don't know yeah. why. I, I would probably watch. I mean, I, I don't. 
I don't typically just go and watch these movies all the time. Like, it's not like, oh, yeah, oh, I have a couple hours to kill. I'll just throw that on or whatever. Mm. But I, I think if I did, it would be Infinity War would be the one that I watch watch more just because there's so much going on and everything. Um, the, the, the first Avengers is just uh, we've talked about how what a miracle it was to have been made because so many things had to go right in this for it to to culminate in this mm-hmm. whole thing iron man had to be a huge hit um captain america and thor had to be at least decently decent hits if they were kind of like can you imagine if captain america and thor kind of like just didn't do anything no yeah well that's what i was thinking did they do well? Do you know off the top? Yeah, of Yeah, they did well. I don't they didn't think do they Iron were. Man they anymore. weren't like made. They weren't like super. Like like yeah, Iron Man went over four hundred million domestically. Okay, Captain America and Thor. They may have hit two hundred. But then the second Cap brought half the Marvel universe into it, and I think that's when the Cap series decided decided to start making lots of money. Third Cap or second Cap? Second Cap was Winter Soldier. Yeah, Winter Soldier right. was the one that yeah, sort of... Yeah, so it did bring everybody. Winter Soldier was on. the one that sort of legitimized, quote-unquote, like these films and mm-hmm. everything is, you know, people really just like, okay, now I'm sold completely. I mean, Avengers, obviously, but that was more of a a, a build-up yeah, uh, yeah. type of thing. Winter Soldier was a, was a prestige type of... Success yeah. because it was not because it's now it's like everybody's on board, mm-hmm. not just comic book nerds, but everybody is. So they um, had before Avengers, there was two Iron Man men, two Iron Mans. There was right two came out because that introduced yep. yeah, and then Natasha. one of each of the other two, Thor and Cap. Yeah, the first Avenger made one hundred and seventy six million. That's domestic. That's domestic, and Thor made one hundred eighty one million domestic four beat ca- the first event like by five million bucks oh that's crazy uh i think captain america the first one came out in like april yeah yeah yeah. it sounds right and yeah. thor came out in october something like that they're they're almost exactly on the same level of quality in my mind oh no thor they're came both out, fine yeah thor came out may 6th oh, well. and then captain america came out july Oh, okay. Huh. So, oh, so yeah, the America's birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So May and then July. I don't know why I'm doing this voice? Oh, yeah. <laughs> why? Well, because I thought, that's what America's. I think become. Winter Winter Soldier might have come out in April. Some it one did of these come out early. One of these did because yeah, yeah, came out April fourth. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, the, they 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 did just enough to sort of continue that that ride into Avengers and Iron Man two. Obviously, did gangbusters and everything. Um. And then it finally built up to that Avengers, which, you know, we hadn't seen anything like that since Titanic mm-hmm. and have, well, Avatar, I guess, but we hadn't seen that type of thing since Avatar and Titanic. This is huge, just huge. Um, uh, it just, and it continued throughout the summer. It was also a bad summer. Uh, 2012. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, uh, 2012. Yeah. 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 So we it, got Dark Knight Rises that summer. Yeah, yeah. But it was the competition that came out the year Avengers came out. It was like Battleship and, uh, it was like Amazing Spider Man. Yeah. Oh, but that yeah. was like July. I'm just look. I'm just looking at our early Sins videos because I know those, those were all 2012 movies. Right. So Prometheus, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Skyfall. I'll look at the release schedule that year. This because is the Hunger Games. Because Ooh, the, like what Avengers. Avengers basically had a 
had a no competition ride all the way through like June or something like mm. that. And then Joss Whedon did Much Ado About Nothing right so, after Avengers uh, in black and white. This will be an interesting little history thing here. So the following week, Dark Shadows. Uh-huh. Uh, the week after that, Battleship, What to Expect When You're Expecting. Uh, the Dictator came out on a Wednesday. The 25th was Chernobyl Diaries. Uh, Men in Black 3 came out on the 25th. Wow. Uh, then June 1st, For Greater Glory. I don't know what that is. And Andy Garcia, he was probably in it for three minutes. Yes. Snow White. <laughs> yes. Snow White and the Huntsman came out. Oh. Uh, then on the 8th, Madagascar 3, Europe's Most Wanted, and Prometheus. Um... It's crazy to me to think that Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson were still dating this summer. Mm-hmm. And then they had that whole thing where she might have smooched the director of the Snow White and yeah, the Huntsman, yeah, yeah, yeah. broke up. Now he's Batman and she's gay. Right. Right. I'm just saying a lot can happen in seven years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, a lot can happen in seven years. Yeah, it's very true. Uh, the 15th of June was Rock of Ages, and that's my boy. Oh, my God. The 22nd was Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, Brave, and Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. Brave was probably the next big next-level hit that came out since yeah. Avengers. Everything else was nothing. Wow. Brave wow. Sucks. <laughs> yeah and i didn't like brave so and then it and then like you got stuff like ted which was a huge hit mm-hmm. uh, magic mike you could maybe make an argument that ted was such a huge hit because the audience was so desperate for something could be remotely resembling sure. yeah and, and it was better than people expected too when did cabin in the woods come out was that 2012 too Ooh. uh sounds right or it was maybe right after because that would mean hemsworth was in avengers he was in Huntsman, right? He was the yep. Huntsman, wasn't mm-hmm. he? And then Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, Cabin within... in the Woods came out uh, before. Came out April 2012. Oh, it came out before, but then nobody knew who but it also had was. Been, I think it also had been pushed back. Right, 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 right. To, like, oh, it, was, it was supposed to come out. It was supposed to come out before. Um, so, yeah, uh, the Avengers is an achievement. However, I... I've never been a huge fan of the Avengers, and I know that's like uh, I mean, I like it, mm-hmm. but I, I've, I've, I, it's one of those movies where I don't like most of what I see until like, <laughs> like to the last twenty thirty minutes, of mm. and I feel like the last twenty thirty minutes of it were so good that a lot of people were like, yeah, that was the movie I wanted to watch, but like I hated, I'm not hated, but I, I, I did not. I was not a big fan of all the setups and all the other little action scenes that happen uh, leading up to you didn't the like big the whole, battle. Uh, Thor, Cap, uh, Iron Man battle out in the woods. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's like five minutes of the movie, though. That's one of the parts I yeah. actually don't like. You don't like that? Everybody loves that part. Yeah, I could see. I just like the way we always talk about how it's nice to see everybody using their own ability. And it, it in that scene everybody's using their own Absolutely. defense and well and you also and have like that, that uh that the hammer hitting the shield yeah 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 and all yeah. that that's really cool and everything but yeah I, I, I avengers has never been one of those movies that i've held in high regard like and i know that's against everybody's <laughs> uh uh you know uh thing and i think you guys already know where i'm going with what my my vote is after all i've said about both of these movies but infinity war i think is even more insane how much they had to get done 
in that one and everything is getting a little bit more technically excellent and the the i mean it's just uh uh really infinity war is my jam out of the mcu hmm. Hmm. so mm-hmm. i can already go ahead and vote and i'll just go ahead and say infinity war is my vote so why don't you like that scene in the woods why do you love them so much why do you love them so much it doesn't make logical sense to me it feels like people who read these comics have always wondered who would win in a fight but i think the same thing about when they do it in the comics and make them fight each other Mm -hmm. i just don't i don't get off on good guy versus good guy shit well okay if it was just for fun like superman racing flash at the end of justice league i'm down with that (laughs) but here what we have to me is everyone's pulling their punches because even though they're frustrated with each other they know they're all not bad guys. No, but but Thor doesn't even know who Stark is. Well, and I don't think he knows who Iron or uh, uh, Cap is either. And Cap and Tony are already uh, bumping ugly. Yeah, exactly. Well, Tony had only just shown up. Right. He just shown in up and flew up into the Germany the thing. or yeah. whatever. And then they get Loki, and then that's when Thor attacks them. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he grabs. It just Loki. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It just feels like. Someone somewhere wanted to see what would happen if Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man all had a fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah It's yeah. just like Civil War to me. It just feels too fanservice-y for me to take seriously. Hmm. Hmm. Although it's it's better than that thing in Civil War, though. Cause the Civ- I agree with that, Because yes. the Civil War thing is just... It, it, everything that sets that up is so goddamn ridiculous. Yeah, this at least has a reason. Like, mm-hmm. Thor wants to get Loki the fuck out of there, and these guys are in his way. I agree. And Cap and Tony don't like each other basically I'm just saying sight. use your words people use your words well i think no you're right i think somebody it may be tony that tries to say like hey we're all good we just need your 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 guy back right Something it's all like it's that. all loki because he wants to take him back to asgard yeah. and he's like i can't let you do that but then the p- 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 yeah no. it's cool i think it's, it's cool, cool looking i think it's cool i think it's cool when Spider-Man stops the Winter Soldier's arm in Civil War and says, you have a metal arm. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't mean I like that movie. Where do you stand on Infinity War these days? Uh, I mean, a really frustrating place. Uh-huh. I love it. I like it more than I did when I saw it in the theater. Me too. But I, I still struggle to, now that I know what comes next, to, to keep it there. I don't mm-hmm. get the same pleasure out of watching it now even though I respect it more. Right. If that no, makes any exact, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally get that. Um, so I will vote Avengers. Um, but it's like 1A and 1B to me. I like them both a whole lot. I um, think we should get a petition going right now to get them to remake Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said that Endgame slightly undercuts your enjoyment of it, Infinity it War. It does. Right? And, uh, you know, the... Endgame doesn't happen without Infinity War, so you can't really, you know, you can't really, uh, you know, take Infinity War completely out of the the equation. Somebody, I think this was another Discord dis- discussion uh, at one point, um, uh, you know, because a lot of a lot of the guys on there are like, no, it just the, the you know, this is a you know, this is just continuation of the story, and it makes co- total sense, and I understand that. Um, uh, I just, I think I just don't like the way Endgame goes about its business. We all knew that Infinity War was going to have to be undone some way. Yeah. Uh, 
like all the stuff that we saw, we, we knew even when we watched infinity war that these guys weren't going to be gone forever. And like a lot of stuff that happened in the movie was going to have to be undone. Uh, I just don't like the way they get went about it. I just don't like the whole idea of, you know, inventing time travel in one day. Yeah. I wonder what they would have changed because didn't you say Jeremy that they, the Russo brothers, wish they hadn't shot them back to back that, that was the wish- one regret they said they had is that they wish they hadn't shot them back to back i wonder what they would have done differently i do too or if they would have done it i think they would have thought out a lot of these i, I think we still want to see cap versus cap and right. we still want to see uh, stark and his dad and all this stuff but maybe just not the way they went about it yeah, yeah um yeah. and i don't i don't and like i said it would take me months probably to try to figure out one i mean it, can only imagine what pressures those guys are under when they're <laughs> when they're making movies like we got to have this shit by next next uh next year guys better start on it yeah, well it feels like they we'll talk about far from home in a little while but feels like they had a little bit of the same issues with far from home mm-hmm. as far as explaining what what happened and how it yeah happened and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. yeah uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so infinity war to me because it looks so fucking good and everything you're right like it's next level mm-hmm. in fact they, they probably spent so much time on that 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 was the expense of black panther's effects mm-hmm. they probably were pouring everything this point though now though disney has so much money that i know you always hear all these stories about like how these guys are overworked and the, the effects the vfx guys i guess if i guess you you keep having that much money when you don't yeah, 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 yeah. when you don't like go full balls to the wall yeah. I, I have it's not nearly as bad but i have the same issue with infinity war that i do with passengers in that i love watching it mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't know if i love the movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, i can see that uh so i i think avengers is up there with iron man is one of the most perfect mcu movies mm-hmm. So I'm going to vote for Avengers, the OG All right. Avengers. Original Avengers will move on to the final four. We just snapped Thanos out of existence. That's right. We did. We did. Erased um, from existence. Although, <laughs> although it is at the end of Avengers where we first see Thanos. That's true. It takes for fucking ever for him to do a... He's got the space chair, right? Well, yeah. he, was, he was a long way away, Chris. He was a long... He was on the other side of the galaxy. Man, this guy, he was on the other side of the galaxy, which we've, we found out is not hard to traverse. Well, you just gotta go through the honeycomb thing. Right, you gotta go through the honeycomb thing. Uh, so, yeah. Um, on to our final matchup of the day. We have Batman Begins versus Spider-Man Homecoming. I tell you what, a Barrett was about like, to leave the studio. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on there. Like, like how Endgame made me appreciate Infinity War more. Um, Far, Far from, from Home, home made you appreciate, made me appreciate Homecoming, homecoming more. more. And I really like Far from Home, mm-hmm. but Homecoming, Far from Home doesn't have the the the, the emotional beats that uh, that Homecoming does. Um, we'll talk about Far from Home later. Yes. Um, but I did have, you have the same experience? Yes. Yep. In fact, uh, yes. Mm. I'll tell you more in a minute. Um, so uh, Homecoming, uh, I'm on record as saying, is my favorite MCU movie. Mm-hmm. It is not what I would call the best. Mm-hmm. I think that still goes to Iron Man, which is sadly not in the tournament anymore, mm-hmm. and it's my fault. Um, <clears throat> it's just, it's Tom Holland is so good. Mm-hmm. I have so many druthers. I have so many druthers. I'd, I'd I'd rather he not have an Iron Man suit with the computerized voice. That's been bugging me a lot more the more that I watch it. And I'm like, yeah, I've probably watched it 20 times at this point. But you're right. 
His, you could argue that the most fun stuff that he does is outside of the suit. Well, and again, it's almost maybe it's impossible to talk about this right now without including some Far From Home talk. But Far From Home goes to great lengths to show that Peter is a gadget maker and a mm-hmm. tinkerer. And mm-hmm. I'm like, then why did you give him a Tony suit? And he could have made that himself if he. Well, you, now you want to now you want to make him a gadget yeah. maker. <laughs> uh, but anyway, no, I think everything everybody in Homecoming is cast perfectly from Ned to Michael Keaton uh, to the love interest girl to and. Zendaya? Zendaya? Zendaya. Zendaya. I'll never get it right. Um, <laughs> to it the teacher. feels like it should be Zendaya, though, it right? Really it really does. does. It's, I saw that scene in Dumbo where you counted off uh, Michael Keaton as Batman <laughs> and then Danny DeVito as the, the Penguin, and then you circle back to Michael Keaton and Birdman <laughs> and Vulture. <laughs> it's in there like three different times. It's one of my favorite scenes. Like, the way that I don't even know who did the footage, but the way they put the footage for every single back to Michael Keaton. Back to Michael Keaton. <laughs> oh, because uh, Colin Farrell was in there too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bullseye, and uh, I called him whatever his name was. Uh, 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 from Miami, Miami Vice. Oh Miami God! Heat. <laughs> oh my God! Um, yeah. So, what's Homecoming going up against? Batman Begins, uh, also on Netflix. Yeah, um, yeah. Batman Begins is is one of your best origin stories. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and it it grounded the Batman story into some reality. Um, that's what the thing is about these Nolan uh, ventures into the DC universe is that they're more grounded in reality. He's trying to make these more human uh, than what your typical uh, comic book movie is. And I guess, you know, you look at the cast of Marvel guys and and women and everything. Those are real people, too. But there's a, it's a it's a, a sort of a different real. I don't know. Hyper realized oh, version sure. of humans. Um because you know stark is a mad billionaire uh, uh but you have captain america is like this like insanely 100 percent good person i'm gonna have magic you have gods and stuff like that in yeah. the trilogy everything is within the scope of humanity joker is a super genius at, at chaos but he's a human being mm-hmm. batman is a human being even bane is a juiced up human being so uh, Ra's al Ghul is a, is a human being. Well, and this is that's something that that started to fuck with me a little bit once they started trying to make the DCEU is that we've we'd watched three Batman movies that had grounded everything in reality. And then we went to this one spot where it's like, oh, by the and I know it's in the DC universe. It's not like they couldn't. I mean, it's not like it's wrong for them to do this but now once you introduce superman and wonder woman and all these like completely like yeah gods and mm-hmm. everything and it, it it takes you out of that stuff that you sort of established even though it's not a part of the dceu mm-hmm. it it always felt weird to me once they started putting like actual like you know superhuman yeah because isn't it in batman begins where he's like you'll see the aftermath of him like kicking ass like you i know it's more so in the dark knight but you'll see the bruises on him on his back and all that shit and like he'll drink his power power aid or whatever it is in the morning but like batman begins starts to show you that there's a physical toll being taken even though the the guy's you know ripped as hell Mm -hmm. he still is human and 
it hurts when he gets kicked. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, and that's the big difference. And that's, I, I think that's a very strong argument for keeping Batman separate from the rest of the DCEU. Um, yes. Because, because he is the only straight up human who is not a god, alien, or have magical powers. Mm-hmm. He's human. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, he doesn't fit. Even in Justice League, which I, some reason was watching part of the other day. <laughs> when it he happens. shows up in that scene in Grant Park or wherever in mm-hmm. Chicago, I'm like, the fuck are you going to do? Yep. Yeah. There's like four nuclear awesome dudes that just got their <laughs> ass beat by him. What are you going to do? Yep. And of course, he does nothing. Yeah. Um, and so I think maybe you take this Matt Reeves, Batman, you just go off and Batman has a universe mm-hmm. and then you start the DCEU, you bring in a, a Flash movie, a Green Lantern movie, a new Superman, uh, Wonder Woman keeps going, you do that thing there. Mm-hmm. If you ha- absolutely have to have a cinematic universe, and it kind of fucking seems like you do, do yeah. it that way. Yep, I agree. Yeah, that's I agree. what I think that's what breaks, yeah. is when you include Batman with that shit. Yeah, yeah. Um... So, yeah, we have two very contrasting movies here. Batman Begins is very, like, serious and mm-hmm. dour and all that. And then Spider-Man Homecoming is happy <laughs> and exciting. Hey, and, ho, yeah, let's go. <laughs> funny and everything. I think they have equally bad action scenes. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, what are the big action scenes in Batman Begins? That fucking tram scene at the end is kind of a nightmare. That is, but, I mean, the stuff in the League of Shadows where he has to fight his way out. Oh, Oh, that's cool. That's, really that's cool. But no, when he's fighting in the Narrows at night and he's fighting the League of Shadows ninjas, uh-huh. that, that bullshit might as well be black screen. I can't see what he's doing. When he like flies in at him after they're standing there on that bridge and he like comes in out oh, of nowhere oh, and like, yeah, beats yeah, a yeah, bunch yeah, of yeah, ass, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, all yeah, yeah, yeah. a blur. Mm-hmm. I think it's supposed to be, though. Well, okay. But, but you're right. I mean, it's just a decision. It's the same thing as Homecoming. It's supposed to be dark and mm. in an invisible plane but it doesn't make it good no yeah. i agree no, yeah i agree um, Does they have, do we have the the uh papa wayne and mama wayne's death in this one in batman begins yeah does that start the movie yeah yeah because uh we get it so confused because there's so many of these because uh this in this one i believe that's the one this is the wait a minute yeah you see him riding the train with his dad and his dad's explaining why the train is gonna help gotham right and then they go to the play, and there's bats on stage in the play, and Bruce gets scared. Oh, they leave they early. Leave. That's right. That's right. They leave okay. early. Yeah, See, yeah, yeah. I was about to go into this thing, but then I was—I think the Zack Snyder one popped into my head. <laughs> no, that's the one that I—I I think about. Yeah, it's, because that's the one where like pearls are slow motion. Yeah, and everything. You see, like the bullet going. Yeah, all that, and that's—and that's what popped in my head, and I was like, wait a minute, no, that's the Zack Snyder. But I do know, yeah, the the, the no one makes it even more tragic tragic because he is responsible for them leaving early and running into that's that, right that's running right. into that into the alleyway and everything and linus roach is done yep yeah linus roach. linus roach i was trying to think of that dude's name mm-hmm. yeah where's he been i don't know i think he still does a lot of stuff it's just that you know it may not be in the mega popular realm or anything he's probably, out of Batman. Like, he's probably on downton abbey or something <laughs> yeah he probably is he's probably like still on er so like something <laughs> like like not that er is still on or that he ever was on it <laughs> er season 27 uh, Julian he, was, oh, he was in is back he was in mandy oh okay i don't remember him in mandy i think he was the bad guy in mandy actually he was the bad uh so yeah uh what what are we gonna pick here um i'm gonna go with spider-man homecoming 
Mm. I think it's the funner movie. It's it's uh um I, I would prefer watching this over Batman Begins. <sighs> you know what I love about Spider Man Homecoming? Is that we had talked about a long time ago that it would be cool to see Spider Man outside of New York, mm-hmm. outside of Queens, right? And this movie does that just for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. A decent period of time. He's in Maryland, and then he's in D.C., mm-hmm. and then it takes him back home. And I think that's perfect, and especially knowing what I know from far from home. Like, I think that's the perfect amount of him in the neighborhood and him outside of it. It. This is a landslide for me. This is Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. You put all the... Wait, there's no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to vote for Spider-Man Homecoming anyway. Yep. Mm-hmm. And my vote still counts, mm-hmm. even yeah. if it doesn't. Nice. Um, I can't wait to talk about Far From Home here in a little bit, though. Me too. Me too. Do we have any more votes, or is that it? That's it. Spider-Man Homecoming will go up against the Avengers. (laughs) So we have... DC, DC, so we'll Marvel, be, Marvel. So we will have a final that is DC versus Marvel. We yeah! will. That's yeah. fucking awesome. We, we did exactly what we wanted to do with this thing. Uh, so yeah, exciting final four. That's going to be uh, some some tough pickings. Yeah, no kidding. That. Be, I, you could literally see any of these four winning. Yeah. Or I could, at least. Yeah, I, I, I definitely could. I could even see History of Violence coming from behind a win. Right. Out of nowhere. <laughs> Took me a second to process. <laughs> Who do you vote between Avengers and Spider-Man: Homecoming? History of violence. Yeah, <laughs> it's like an airplane where like uh, everybody who ate the fish got sick, and they they go and uh, they tell Leslie Nielsen is like uh, everybody who ate the fish. They had choice of fish or whatever it was, chicken, mm. and uh, and uh, everybody who ate the fish is uh, is uh, sick now. And he goes, Ah, yes, I remember. I had the lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, guys, it's time to talk about BetterHelp. Yeah, BetterHelp, man. The last time that we talked about this, I was I was a little bit like hesitant mm. uh, because I ain't never done it before. I ain't never done the therapy before mm-hmm. uh, on the on that side of it, and so I had my first session uh, recently, mm-hmm. and it, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it, it was awesome. It, I it's weird because I talk so much on Sincast. But I don't like talking about myself all that much mm-hmm. unless it's through stories. Like, I was here and the, these other people were doing that and all mm-hmm. that. So <laughs> during the therapy session, I relayed a story about like a former patient that I had and stuff like that instead of actually talking about what's going on in my life mm-hmm. and things like that. And my therapist, Anne, who is fantastic, she kind of guided me back towards what are your goals for this? Like, how are we going to reach those? What What do you want to get out of this? And I, I've never had anybody talk to me like that before. Because yeah. mm-hmm. she knows what she's doing. She used to do, like, Fort Campbell stuff. Like, she used to uh, counsel soldiers. Oh, wow. And uh, she was like, you know, all right, let's, let's talk about what's really going on there. Now, we didn't get into super deep stuff. And I'm, I'm a little bit scared, honestly, to get into super mm. deep stuff. But even going through, like, the, the first you could say surface level things, you know, she was giving me tips that are common sense, but that I don't think about. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've had a very, very good experience so far. The site is fantastic. They have a counseling room that you go to. So you get an email 30 minutes before your session and it says, uh, you know, Barrett, you're, you're almost ready to have your uh, counseling session here. Click here to go to your room, (laughs) go to your room, go to your counseling room. And there, it's got all the messages that you and your therapist have had. It's got all the schedules, scheduled appointments. Oh, and then cool. it says, your session is live. 
and your therapist contacts you first to make sure that you're ready. You say yes, and uh, she did the video series. Awesome. Video bandwidth was perfect. Didn't have any lags. Could hear her very, very well. Uh, it it was like going to an office. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in her office, basically, and uh, you know communicated as as well as we could communicate. Yeah. So the service itself at BetterHelp is kind of blowing my mind right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, it's something that I think I should have done a long time ago. Well, and I, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of therapy, and one one thing I always tell new married couples that I meet is go to marriage counseling, mm-hmm. even if you think you're doing good. Not that pre-marriage counseling stuff that's mostly BS. <laughs> I'm talking <laughs> the it's real not stuff. all BS. So like a couple years into our marriage, my wife and I weren't communicating very well. We go we go to a marriage counselor. She's like, do you guys love each other? And we're like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then she starts breaking down. At the end of 12 weeks, it was like, oh, we both are self-conscious and don't want to feel alone and abandoned by the other one. We just show it different ways. Mm-hmm. But we really have the same base wants and needs. And I, I, it feels like common sense, but it's not. I know, you need I know, a professional thing. to walk you through it the right way. Um, and uh, I'm thrilled. I can't wait to hear more about your adventure. I hope our listeners will check it out. Uh, we do have a link, right? Yeah, it's uh, betterhelp.com. Slash sincast, not cinema sins. Betterhelp.com slash sincast. I'll spell better help just so everybody understands what's going on. B E T T E R help H E L P. So go to that link. You're going to get 10% off your first month. Um, this service is affordable. This service is uh, easy to work with. They also have financial assistance. If you're having trouble paying, just let them know and see if you can get something done. It is well worth it so far. Um, I've only heard good things, and I've only experienced good things. Now, I'm not expecting this to go super smooth at, on my end. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> and I'm preparing myself for to, to really get in there and see see what's going on. Uh, but so far, it's it's just been a very welcoming and very user-friendly space, and I can't recommend it enough, honestly. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so uh, we got some recommends and warns. Totes amaze balls. They're great. It won the Academy Award. Oh, for what? For best movie ever made. Yeah. Can I start? Ooh. Go for it. Ooh. Euphoria. Ooh. You. You. Euphoria. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last time on this podcast that we talked about it, it was before any of us had seen it. It was last week's episode, and I we were talking about all the dicks, right? And that was all that we knew about it. We said, I think I said something like, I think this Zendaya probably has some chops. You know, maybe this will be good. I'll watch it just because, you know, it'd be titillating and stuff like that. Uh, but I kind of expected decent stuff. Mm-hmm. So we're now five episodes in of an eight episode first season. Is it supposed to be know. eight episodes? No idea. But it's I know already there's... been renewed for season two. Right, right, right. Um, and I am absolutely like transfixed by this show on multiple levels mm-hmm. i think it's genius i think it's genius writing i think it's genius acting by across the board i think it's genius genius cinematography yeah and just from conception to execution this is one of the most mesmerizing shows i have ever ever seen did you in episode four where they're going around the carnival mm-hmm. did you get a paul thomas anderson vibe very that, much from that it wasn't him it was levinson the 
whatever. Sam Levinson. Sam yeah, Levinson, yeah. who did it. But uh, all through it, like the music yep. and like all the like the zoom fucking tracking shot was amazing. Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah. Uh, I was sitting there going, I was sitting there going, I don't think PTA did this one. I don't think he did that, but I would not be shocked at the end of this episode. Paul Thomas Anderson's name yeah. shows up mm-hmm. and it was Sam Levinson. You know who directed episode five? It was Jennifer Morrison. Yeah, oh, Jennifer right. Morrison. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't know that she had started dabbling in directing. I didn't either. That one, um, yeah, that one took me by surprise. Zendaya. Did I say it right? Yes. I said to Barrett at lunch a couple weeks ago, how did she get famous for modeling before she got famous for acting? Like, she is that good. Like, Mm -hmm. I think she's a revelation. Mm -hmm. I think, like you said, everybody's good. I just last night sold me completely on the fact that Eric Dane is doing something really cool here. Um, I think. How do you mean? Acting wise. You don't like acting? No, no, no. I'm interested in that comment. How How do you mean? He's showing, cool. he's showing me a lot more nuance than I expected from his role, from his character. I'm so glad you said that. Because nobody in this show, no character, is one thing. Yeah. Right. right. You, the, it's set up for Eric Dane to be one thing. He's, it's not that simple. It's set up for his son to be one thing. And it ain't that simple. He's probably the most, like, he's not, he's not really one-dimensional. Even though he is an asshole... He's not a one-dimensional asshole. We've seen this father a million times, right? Yes. Like this this type of father, but like, uh, yeah, there's not. It's not just like it's not like Chris Cooper in American Beauty, where exactly. It's just, where it's exactly. Like, the 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 Rue is not just a drug addict. The 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 woman or the girl in transition isn't a wreck. She's the most stable person there is. Mm-hmm. The drug dealer, uh, yes. In the moment. In the moment, yes. No, but again, she's got room to grow, too. She's not just one thing. Well, I don't think you, you're right. I just don't think you can call somebody who does a bunch of one-night stands with dudes in hotel rooms, like, stable. I'm saying relatively. Right. No, I agree. I agree. I, agree. I just wanted to throw that caveat out there because, and she is the most, well, she knows herself the best, perhaps. She does, and she reacts honestly to news that she gets especially in this most recent episode the obese girl yeah is not just cracking jokes or smart she's got different things happening mm-hmm. you know i bet we'll come back and see like the alcoholic mom who's all boozy and on wine and all that stuff she's got some nuance to her the the preppy hot chick that's married to the that's that's dating the jock yeah ain't nothing straightforward about her there's a lot going on with yeah her. man i i can't I can't even wrap my head around this show. It's it's got so many things going on. It is, uh, it's mesmerizing. It's it is also, if you haven't watched it and you're thinking of watching it based on our recommendation, you need to know it's a hard watch in terms of the drug use, the sex, and like it's about as I think if it was a movie, it would struggle to get an R rating. Oh, there's no fucking way it would get an um, R rating. And I hope because of that and all the topics. That I've said this in a couple tweets. I hope it's going somewhere. I hope it's not just titillating for the sake of being titillating. See, it, I, I ain't titillated. I ain't titillated by this at all. Well, no, I'm. I I'm not trying to undercut your argument, but I'm just saying that I'm maybe titillating is the wrong word. Okay, dirty. It feels like it's wallowing in excess it's unedited. I mean, aren't we all wallowing in excess? Like you can access any of that shit. Anytime, anywhere. We're just talking about Reddit porn. 
but, but just like entered my life unexpectedly. But but okay, but this concentrated all in one community, this many kids going in this many different extremes. Do you remember how crazy your hormones were when you were a teenager? Yes. And put it in this environment where everything is so accessible? Drugs, sex, okay. hang on, all that. I have to step back and have a whole other conversation. If you're saying that high school, as this show presents it, is what high school is like today, I think it is maximized. I think it's 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 inflated. Then it but needs I to be inflating think... it for a reason. That's all I'm saying. I see what you mean. It's... If uh, if you end if you end without saying anything, then all you did was show as many dicks as you could just to get people talking about your show. It ain't about the dicks, though. It's about Rue's journey. You can see it is where- about Rue's journey, but every episode has dicks. Ooh, so I'm just saying you can't di- say it's not about the dicks. I see a dick at least once every day. Hmm? <laughs> I am not going to have. this I'll argument. tell you what's weird. I don't. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, all, I'm, all I'm saying is. I'm transfixed. I love it. I can't stop watching. If it ends without say, if it ends like Requiem for a Dream does, where it's just like, hey, drugs are bad, life sucks, I'm going to be massively disappointed. Well, I, see. I, I, see. I think I think every TV show has this sort of uh, hyper-realized sort of, re, you know, thing that they have to do. It has to be this way or else things seem too normal. We already know what high school can be like it if if you take down if you tone down this show any then it just becomes oh what's my so-called life mm-hmm. yes um and i i i think every show that does this type of thing like they yeah they have to kind of extend it to a darkness that or else it's just a normal show at that point and i know that it's not it's not as real it's not something that's just happening but I think these characters are happening, maybe not all at once in one place, but these characters are happening. I think, yes, I think you could take any one of these characters and and convince me someone like that exists in the real world. Mm-hmm. I, I would struggle to believe they all do in such close proximity with each other. And I feel like you can you can shock because you want to make a point afterwards, mm-hmm. or you can shock because that's all you've got. And I can't know what this show has until it's done. I, I see what you're saying. You know, for me, like, it's weird in the moment, I guess, because just what I said, like, we're just kind of constantly bombarded by you know, references to drugs and sex and stuff like that. But like, so I was reading something and they were saying how shocked they were about uh, the, the scene where dude was was masturbating in front of uh, the girl who's become a cam girl. And I was like, I had to mentally go back to that. And I was like, What's weird about that is I was thinking more about her transformation and like where she is as a character than I was thinking about him jerking off. Like I, I suppose I should be thinking more about the jerking off, but I was. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's your cold open. Yeah, I think, right. Yeah, I suppose I should right. be thinking more about the jerking. But off. I was yeah. thinking about the. But how many, let me ask you this, HBO or anywhere else, how many other shows have shown you a guy jerking his dick off? They have not. Okay, so the first show that does that, Mm -hmm. I hope it has more to say than just, I showed you that dick. Okay, what I'm saying is I think it's already said enough to justify whatever titillation. Fair enough. I think a couple characters' plot lines need to see resolution before I I can know for sure. I agree. I think that the, the thing about the dick showing in this show is that 
it may may have nothing other than the artificial let's make a thing a balance for once mm-hmm. you know because we see women all the time the fact the first show the first episode it's all the women getting naked in that except for zendaya and whatever mm-hmm. but like everybody all it's all female nudity like we've always seen right and i agree it should be fucking equalized man sure. like like i've never <laughs> you're holding it yeah like yes yeah, yeah that's this, a very tiny dick that's right that's <laughs> what that's how dicks. i measure dicks <laughs> between my thumb and forefinger no i i completely agree with that i just uh, maybe i'm maybe i'm misarticulating i just I, like zendaya's character in particular what where they choose to take her will tell me a lot about the show's intentions I, yeah. I do think there might be some sort of larger plot involved that we're not in on yet because there's still a lot with this boyfriend and her girl and the girlfriend and everything that it there's there seems to be a grander scheme going on like an almost wild things ish thing going Ooh. on it could be because they've set eric dane's character up to be this godlike status in mm-hmm. this city and that can't not play a role especially the secrets that he has and, and i don't think this is this is in the first episode so i don't think it's spoiling anything mm-hmm. to say that he likes having sex with men um and he records it mm-hmm. and all that stuff and the the interesting part of this this show is that that's a secret that could potentially bring him down. Yep. Could potentially ruin everything. Mm-hmm. Even though his son already knows about it. Yep. The funny thing, you know, he says in the fifth episode here, he's like, do you think that me keeping this secret has caused a detrimental effect to my, my family? And, you know, the, the, the guy that's with him is just like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> let's, let's fucking all that stuff. Um, but it, it wouldn't be a big deal. Nate comes out. It's probably not going to be a big deal to anybody in the show in his generation right mm. so the fact that he's struggling so hard to cover all this stuff up when the generation below is just like fuck we don't care man like be gay be trans be uh straight be whatever and nobody really gives a shit well that's it's the, such a big dichotomy that is show. one kind of thing that's kind of weird about this the show is how how like understanding everybody is of mm-hmm. everything um there's not any parents in here that seem to be like, you know, what really? You're- yeah, even Rue's mom is like, well, just go slow. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna date Jules. Just go slow, and that's cool. <laughs> it is cool, and I think they've been through so much, particularly her, especially yeah. That this ain't nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't care who you date, and it could as be long as it's not a drug dealer. It could be perhaps that it's so cliche at this point to have the parents who are like, yeah. you know, that let's just let's go away from that. Let's make these parents modern and not worry about the whatever but in that same way if nobody cares about anything then nobody's going to care about the eric dane shit either but he doesn't think that yeah and i think that's what and and they're because he's created this whole character for himself within the show Mm -hmm. that i think anything that that undercuts that would would potentially ruin him Mm -hmm. uh just from from an outside perspective you know he's he's building this whole city apparently mm-hmm. when that girl started walking down the school hallway in her like I don't know, harness thing and that <laughs> billy eilish song came on oh, oh yeah. like, this show and billy eilish or were made for each other yeah <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> she had her music in every single episode it fits perfect oh my god uh, i love it i would still recommend it but know that it's a hard r-rated visual content but i think 
I hope and I think it's got some interesting stuff to say about mental health and sexuality and addiction. Let me let me touch on that real quick. So there in this most recent episode, I think it was the most recent episode, uh, it was or maybe it was episode four where Jules goes to a psychiatric hospital. Isn't it her flashback? Yeah, it's it's Zendaya telling her story, which yeah. I think is a very cool plot device, by the way, is you know, we, how we feel about narration mm. overall, but I think it's perfectly used here. Yeah, yeah. Where Zendaya is telling everybody's story. Like, well, you know, he grew up like this. A, a massive fan theory that people online think she's dead. Yes, yes. And which would be a little weird that uh, she you're was. You're going to really have to do some acrobatics to. Well, just that, that, that she's this, narrating this from the future. Right. And yeah. that's how she knows all the details that she's showing us. Yeah. Uh, by the end, she will have died. I don't think that's that going to be the case. Is, not that she is already dead. Correct. And, and people are imagining her right, everywhere. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. That would be weird. Yeah. Uh, Jules goes to a psychiatric hospital because I guess her parents or her mom, she doesn't know what to do with her because she's born a boy and she starts to transition. To yeah. Be a girl. Although I. I that episode, I was I was actually wondering if if she was taken to the hospital because of that reason. Because she's also depressed. Because it's right after that that she's like taking her to the transition doctor and all that. And I don't know if that's the proper term, but like the doctor that's going to help her with the transition, mm-hmm. right? Isn't that in that same episode where yes. where uh, where they where after she's out of the, the psych hospital, she goes to that. And right, right, right. And but it, it later says that, you know, mom couldn't handle it, so that's when she left. Oh, mom's gone. Okay. Uh mom's gone too, and that's why she's only with dad, who's a great character in his own right. Yeah, yeah, way. yeah. But it has a very once Jules gets to the hospital, I think there was some depression actually beforehand. Mm-hmm. So you're absolutely right. Um she's it, it becomes a very honest portrait of psychiatric hospital life. Like I've never seen a, a realistic portrayal of a psych hospital. I worked in one for years and there's shit that goes on. There's mistakes that are made. There's one uh, orderly that, that doesn't do his job uh, because he has some sort of empathy for and that kind of thing. And, uh, and she comes out and says, as a self harmer would do says, I did something stupid immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, she doesn't want to cover it up or anything like that. That happens all the time. So it's just a great portrayal of it. And it's also got a very absurdly comic moment where uh, she's in a group and she's got mitts on to stop her from self-harming. And she's like, well, I've tried different psychiatrists. I've been depressed all my life, but these mitts will help. <laughs> uh, I don't want to say too much about episode five, because if you haven't seen the show, that would be spoilery. But the girl who plays Maddie, this was the episode that was all about her, yeah. her backstory. And she put me through the ringer. Yes, she yeah. did. By my the end God. of that episode, I that girl has no options. Like, no, I feel like that way a lot about a lot of the people on this show that they're going to find themselves in optionless situations. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, be, she just I feel like she didn't even know where she was until this episode. And now she realizes the place she's in and she can't get out of it. Yeah. But I thought that actress did a great job. Oh, she had one of the most raw moments in the, in the, the police jail station. Cell. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. It wrecked me. It wrecked me because it felt like assault. It did. It did. And and you could tell it's another real character. You could tell that the policewoman or the detective didn't really want to go there. Right. She mm-hmm. tries everything. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, just I need to I need to get this this evidence. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, I've I've never seen a show like this. No, I haven't either. It's it's taking all kinds of risks. It's very daring. 
I just don't. I just hope we're not exploiting some of these issues for shock factor. Yeah, I, I, there's an emotional payoff with almost every episode. The uh, the drug dealers are fantastic. Yeah, especially <laughs> the kid. The kid open. is fucking great. But <laughs> but and and that, and that is funny. The drug dealers are hilarious and funny. I told Jeremy this is one of my favorite moments is where Rue comes out of of rehab and uh, she goes to the drug dealer Fez and he's he's like, oh well, what's going on? She's like, well, I gave my life to Jesus Christ, and he's like, word, that's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> but and it's going to take a turn here. The end of I believe it's episode three where Rue wants to get drugs from him yeah, and he turns her down. Ugh. Talk about a fucking raw scene, man. Yeah. That will absolutely eviscerate you. So I think what I get, at least from this this show, is every episode there is an emotional resolution or, or uh, you know, a, a, a plot through thread that, that keeps me interested. And even if it comes to an underwhelming conclusion. I think it's it's already paid off enough. Okay. I think the stuff that's lurid is the stuff that draws you in. That just sort of like it's it's there to get you to to be interested in this show about things that are really tough to talk about. Um, and you know, it's just one of those things that TV shows. I, I unfortunately, I guess, or have to do to get your to keep your interest. Uh, or like i said you know it becomes my so-called life and, yeah and my so-called life was great for a season yeah <laughs> yeah but, well and ironically in, at its time was controversial sure. for a lot of the same reasons that euphoria is in terms of such serious issues a lot of dicks being portrayed yeah. by 15 <laughs> so, years many so many dicks God. all the dick shots uh-huh. what was that like upn or the by the CW? way that eric dane yeah. shot that was a stunt dick i don't i don't know if you knew that mm-hmm. but he actually told the production he didn't want to go he, no he said he would do it oh yeah but they thought it was a better they thought the shot would be better if they went ahead and went with the stunt they, stunt they, didn't, they didn't like his dick i don't know i don't know what that maybe, like, it was like a george um, clooney singing in old brother kind of thing like, like well let's see it oh god no we yeah. just it. no i'm ready i'm ready let's shoot it now um it's eric I, i'm here to shoot the scene it's my big dick <laughs> <laughs> here just use this here just they don't call me steamy for nothing yep it's very true holy moses i'm sorry to hijack the entire like thing there for a while but no you clearly uh, want to talk that about show that so shit. much yeah we're not done with zendaya either we're that's right uh, gonna be talking about um uh spider-man far from home not a mini pod but you can call it a mini pod inside the maxi pod if yeah. you want to uh we will be sort of reviewing this with spoilers and all that we'll warn you about the spoilers uh and everything uh i saw this movie uh day after opening i believe mm-hmm. and i was in vegas and i experienced the first aftershocks of an earthquake oh wow <laughs> that's crazy uh, i did not know it was that until i looked at my email afterwards and jeremy was like did you experience the earthquake <laughs> and i was like yes i did but i do not did not know what that was did you think it was just like a rumble from because well, the- it was so small i was in the back row and like the our chairs like our, our the seats were just kind of like moving like as if someone might have been like tapping their foot or something and all the chair all the seats were connected in some mm. way so i turned the the one girl who was like the seat down and she's like are you shaking i was like yeah i'm shaking i don't know what's going on hmm. and then it was done and it never happened again and then uh and then later on felt the really big one really the next day oh the oh, next day the next yeah. Day, yeah the next day was the bit really like we were i was in the main event of the world oh. series of poker uh and uh and it was just like 
just like everybody just you know it was it wasn't like shake everything but the chandeliers were all like swaying did back the chips the fall all over the place uh trying to think if I'm i don't sure think everybody really wasn't cars. it wasn't really like that like i sat through it going oh well that's that's a thing hmm. uh there were people who got up and walked and ran out and basically said you know you want us to keep playing fuck you <laughs> uh and i i agree with that sentiment uh i don't know why they were so intent on uh on uh trying to keep us it's weird Quakes are weird, man, because that one, the se- that one you felt the second day was, I think, a seven point one. Yeah, yeah. But it depends on where they happen. Because I was like seven point one. That sounds big. What was that San Francisco one from during the World Series that I remember in eighty nine? And mm. it was a six point nine. Yeah, yeah. But because of where it happened, yeah. it was destruction everywhere. Yeah, it's just uh, fucking scary, man. Um, mm. but yeah. Um, uh, saw saw this in Vegas, and um, you know what? I I don't uh, hearing the slight things that I've heard you guys say during this podcast. I get the sense that I liked this more than you guys did. Hmm. But I don't know. I liked it. I I did. I didn't like it as much as Homecoming. I've already said that. Um. And the more I think about it, the more I I like aspects of it. Mm-hmm. I love Jake Gyllenhaal's character. Mm-hmm. Uh. I love the sequence of. We'll talk about it in spoilers. Um. A sequence between he and uh, and Spider Man that's just magically done, mm-hmm. quote unquote. Um. I like all the characters. It's weird seeing Zendaya in this. Yeah. After watching so much Euphoria. Yeah. Though, it's 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 a jolt. It really is because she is an understated character, like a sarcastic a character in Homecoming, and then mostly through this. But when she kind of softens up and she becomes like girly girl, it's it's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I did like it. I I I think it suffers at least for me of comparing it too much to homecoming and then they do something to explain the snap and unsnap that i did not like at all yeah that was yada yada wasn't it that's a big one of the biggest yada yada things i've ever seen yep i'm not sure what you're referring to but i imagine in spoiler talk you'll be able to say more words i think we can call it the blip how they explain it as the blip yeah well yeah, they just yada yada all of it. Exactly. That's they they turned it into a joke. Yeah. Yeah. And like, Haha, we're not going to explain that. <laughs> Remember all that destruction? <laughs> yeah. The Mets were gone. Like, right, yeah, right, everything right. was. Yeah. Okay. So I liked it. I think I tweeted that I had a blast, but I probably didn't like it as much as Homecoming. Not only am I ready to say I didn't like it as much as Homecoming, I like it a little less today than I did the day I saw it. I can see that. Um, there are a few things I'll get into in spoiler that I think are A++. One of them is that scene you were just talking about. Um, and one is a running gag that nearly had me in tears. Uh, <clears throat> but the whole of it didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I feel like both, there are two scenes in the credits. They both kind of massively impact the plot. And I'm not super down for that. Yeah. Um, because you have spent, 10 years training me that that's either going to be a teaser or a joke. Mm-hmm. But now in both in both of them in this movie it's kind of crucial. <sighs> it is but the, the the last one in particular. Yes. The last one I think and I think I told you this like I think they were subverting expectations and I think they played on that to make a joke. I think that last one was a big old joke. Now I've read an interview with the the director who referenced that last thing. 
He didn't say one way or another if it was a joke or super, super important. But I thought of it as a joke Mm -hmm. that they were teasing this big, huge uh, plot development going forward. But it turned out to be nothing. Really? That's how I saw it. Okay. Well, uh, if if the next MCU movie doesn't even address that, then we'll know you were right. Mm -hmm. Um, I did think Mm -hmm. the score was great. I'm falling even more in love with um, Giacchino's specific Spider-Man theme, even though all the TV commercials for all the products are using his version of that 60s cartoon. Is it the... By the way, I read the other day that this was the most marketed movie ever in terms of the money spent on marketing partnerships like Doritos and pizza boxes and like... Dr. Pepper. Yeah, no money. No movie has ever spent more money. I think they said $280 million worth of... Jesus. Well, when you know you're going to make a billion, what's 280 million? There you go. Should we get into spoilers? Do we have any? Well, what did what did uh, what did you oh, yeah, think overall you think? all of it? Uh, I really liked it. I think it takes a while to get started. Mm, uh, it does. So that's that's one knock against it. Uh, I like I like this um, I like this uh, plot though. I really like this plot. Uh, it's ridiculous, but I love it. <laughs> um, and. Uh, and it has, is it spoilery to say it has shades of Iron Man 3 in it, but like, but I think executed better? It's, no, uh, no, yeah, I got it. That's yeah. fair. I don't think that's spoilery. Yeah. But I also think you're right. Yeah, yeah. I think this is, uh, at first I was like, I don't know about this, but once it gets to it's the crux of everything, I was like, oh, I really kind of. I really like this movie now. I don't mm. like everything after once that's all once that once the main you know turning point happens in this movie. I was all in on it. Hmm. Yeah, and I could see it. And and I mentioned this earlier, but I don't like that they took them out of the U.S. Really, like the entire time, except for the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I want at least a little bit of friendly neighborhood Spider Man, even if it's in a a more global thing it is funny uh tom holland was talking about how you know he's actually from the uk right Mm -hmm. so like the first movie was was homecoming and he's (laughs) he's it's uh he's not american then he's far from home (laughs) but he's actually in his backyard yeah yeah he's in london by the end of it yeah yeah yeah. so oh yeah Oh yeah, <laughs> he, he was delightful in that chef show episode. By yeah, the way. yeah, he was. I may need to remind you. <laughs> may you may. <laughs> he you was may. like he was starstruck by Roy Choi and even John Favreau, which is funny because they had they spent so much time together yeah. in this movie. Huh. Some yeah, stuff. Overall grades. Uh, I'm gonna give this a B plus. Mm. I'd give it straight up B. It's it's good. I think I'm going to enjoy it more the next time. Yeah, me too. Straight up B. Yeah, yeah. I bet next time I watch it on home video, it'll be a B plus. But I don't think it's going to get to homecoming levels. Um, what would you give homecoming? A minus, maybe. Oh yeah. I'd even though I, you, even though you love it. Yeah, because <laughs> it's it's I, I I give honest grades, baby. <laughs> I'm an honest grader. Let's talk spoilers, please. Miss Luke's what? father is actually Darth Vader. She's, She's the sister and the daughter. No, 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 no. I'm reading the books. Do it. Yeah, you kind of have to talk spoilers to talk about this movie because the whole setup for this thing is this is this is what. So we're gonna get to this reveal here in a minute, but like. When you're first watching this and you don't know that there is a reveal going on, 
it's like, uh, okay, God damn it. The, the fucking <laughs> ti- space time continuum bullshit fucking nonsense. Oh, the multiverse yeah, thing. Yeah, multiverse. He's coming out of fucking. Uh, I do like the idea, though, that they set up is that, yes, anything is believable at this point. True. Um, and, uh, and they make that to where, you know, like, now, one thing I wish the movie had done was that Fury was in on it the whole time, well, knew about it the whole time, because he's so paranoid, and mm-hmm. so, but then they throw off a joke where he's like, oh, he was totally fooled the whole time, mm-hmm. towards the end, uh, but, uh, but yes, uh, when it is revealed that, uh, the Mysterio character was a disgruntled Tony Stark employee and he's taking his technology, he's kind of like Riddler and Batman Forever, right? Mm-hmm. He had that, has this thing that he thinks is going to make a lot of money. The bosses know that evil, you're evil. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and, and, uh, and fires him. And then there's like, they go to like these little touches where like the guy that Jeff Bridges is yelling at an Iron Man is part of this plan too. <laughs> yeah, Tony built this in a cave, you know, and it all. It is that. the most expositional toast in all of cinematic it is, history. It is. And we're going, <laughs> and we're going to send the fuck out of that. But I've got to say, Jake Gyllenhaal's performance during that whole thing is so fun. He's so, so good. He's just like, and guys, we did the, you know, it's like, this is something then they wouldn't t- talk about it at all like they but, i got a very uh i got three amigos like remember when we uh, rolled the horses yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. trimmed the hedges yeah. together we did we, the we, we raped the horses, raped the horses and yeah. rode off on the women. rode off on the women um but yeah the, 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 it sets up this whole thing where like yeah we're ready to believe anything and he's got all these little uh drones that shoot holograms everywhere that make it look like yeah there's some some shit going down also holograms that cause damage too well they shoot missiles to cause see actually one of my biggest problems with this movie is that he could accomplish his illusions with drones like that's stupid i almost i almost (laughs) wish he had like some kind of dr strange charm around his neck or something that could that could explain because the movie's actually saying drones shoot the holograms and drones or other drones are shooting missiles to blow up things to make it look like real Mm -hmm. shit is actually happening here um i don't buy that for a second um i'm willing to overlook it because the action scenes are actually pretty cool i liked the fight with the waterman in mm-hmm. venice uh that one was the most thrilling to me yeah, yeah. but I, I did the drones thing i'm not buying but it's got a it's got a it's, it's a scooby-doo type thing yeah right? a little bit, a little know, bit. like there's, there's a you watch episodes of scooby-doo and you're like oh yeah the bad guy shot holograms the whole time and you're like wait a minute how do they make it look how do they make it go across an entire fucking like hallway and okay, like okay so my know. for instance is the best scene in the movie is that like what, hallucinogenic hallucination yeah, yeah, yeah. fight between Mysterio and Spider-Man. But as soon as it's done, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. But as soon as it's done, my brain was like, he had to have created all those holograms in advance. Yeah. And he lured Spidey to that like half-built office building. Mm-hmm. He would had to have known how the fight was going to go in order to enact... All yeah. the 
I feel like there's a way more omnipotence there that we just yada yada over. But that sequence was my favorite thing about the whole movie. Dude, I was without a reference point. Like, there may have been an earthquake in there. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah. the fuck is going on here? Like, this could be anything. Which is the point. Yeah. You're supposed to be as disoriented as Peter is in that scene. Um, the night monkey shit killed me. <laughs> yeah. When Ned is on the Ferris wheel with Betty. Betsy? Betty? Ned's wasted in this movie. Um, oh, well, yeah, but kind of is. But I, but I thought, I thought that relate that was a very Elaine Putty relationship. That was it funny. was, but that's the thing. It was a sitcom story. That line. was funny though. Like they, they, the you know, want want. They're on the airplane together down to going to London because of some mishap with Peter and trying to get next to MJ and all this, and it ends up that Ned's next to her, and then they like. He's like playing video games or something, and you're like, "Oh my god, what, 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 inc- what a h- terrible like pairing to go to London." By the time they land in London, they're together, they're holding it. Yeah, and, and then, then <laughs> and then by the end of it, it's like you know, people go, people uh, uh, go apart and all that. It's uh, we're very mature about it. But when he says, she says, he looks like Spider Man. He's like, "Oh no, that's got to be because he's trying to protect his friend." At this point, he's the only one that knows the secret. He's got that's got to be some kind of European knockoff of Spider Man. And she's like, "What's he called?" And Ned, almost as good as his, I was looking at porn line, goes Night Monkey. Yeah. <laughs> and then he finds himself in a situation because she's like, "Let's get him to save us, Night Monkey." Yeah. Night Monkey. <laughs> and then it comes back like two countries later. There's a television broadcast in the background and, and the scroll along the bottom says night monkey yeah 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 and they're still showing footage of some of these oh that, that had me rolling the whole time <laughs> yeah um, th- it's not as though the movie is bad it's just it, there there are more holes for me oh, this time when now. we send it it's gonna be insane um uh i but i i was uh i was thoroughly entertained by this thing i think it takes it it does take a long time because they they start off with like uh there where are they i mean venice the first or is it uh where is they go they, straight to venice they go to venice and then there's uh there's the whole him and the the kid who's grown up to be handsome mm-hmm. who's like mj like the other mj suitor in this whole thing um <laughs> i love that kid when he's watching mysterio fight i don't know who he is but he's kicking that water's ass yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there's a whole rivalry there where there's a point where peter almost executes him accidentally yeah and everything. Yes. oh with edith yeah yeah, yeah yeah which uh what that's something i did not pick up uh i, I did not hear what did edith stand for there was something Rectile. that got a, it was got a big laugh in the theater when when uh when they when they said what i edith don't know I don't even think I noticed it. Oh, even dead, I'm the hero. Oh, okay. That's that's a Tony Stark thing. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, th- th- it starts off mainly with stuff like that, and and uh, is he going to be able to give this like ring or whatever the hell it is, necklace mm. or whatever to to MJ? Is he going to tell him tell her how he feels, and uh, he's going to do it on the Eiffel Tower and uh all that and then uh and then yeah this whole yeah jake gyllenhaal thing starts coming up and and it just so happens that's that's another thing they kind of just like gloss over like fury's been trying to contact him this whole time saying we need your help and everything and he just so happens to be in europe it works out perfectly yeah yeah, yeah. for yeah. him and everything but, and it's uh, not even him i think i'm going to be the only person in the world that doesn't enjoy jk simmons coming back 
Why is that? Same reason with James Earl Jones coming back for The Lion King. It's a, it's a, I said this to you at lunch. I'll say to the listeners, it's a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. But I feel like you're saying the only role we can't recast was J. Jonah Jameson because he was too perfect in that one role. I want to see somebody else take a crack at that role they should have done they should have put lawrence fishburne in there. <laughs> <laughs> or, or honestly i would have liked it better if it was like toby mcguire yeah yeah or, yeah. My, or you know martin sheen short <laughs> i actually have privately suggested that it should have been timothy oliphant because i think he could have nailed that role sure, yeah but it is a again it's a stinger in the beginning of the credits. They may never bring that guy back again. I don't know. It kind of feels like they will. It kind of feels like he's going to be a presence yeah, I as think a so. media member. Yeah, he looks and like I'm an Alex like, Jones well, you wrecked type. all of your continuity for that? Yeah, I guess. My, you cast Aunt May three different times, four different times. She's been perfect every time. That's true. But J. Jonah Jameson, we can't touch that role. He was iconic. Mm-hmm. Was mm-hmm. He, he wasn't in uh, Amazing Spider-Man. No, no, he was just in the Raimi once. Not make any sense. My, I guess my main point. What, what was the point of this movie? Yeah, like it didn't really move the story of the universe along. Like it was low stakes. It was a regular human that had access to technology. Even that big reveal with Jameson at the end, where he's like Peter Parker, Spider-Man is Peter Parker. Okay, so he's he's the only superhero that has a secret identity i mean the only way it feels like what they're going to do is dark knight is ass where because they have this doctored footage which by the way it makes no fucking sense to me that mysterio hates spider-man so much he's gonna before i even die i'm gonna frame him just in case i die right right right. Mm -hmm. yes that doesn't make any sense he's like He's been cool with Spider-Man. He, he loves just him. Says, yeah, yeah. He's just trying to trick him. He even says to anyway. Oh, that was frustrating. Well, and you know, I mean, it, as much as I like the whole the whole turn in this movie, the whole idea that Peter gives the Edith to oh, him my God. is pretty stupid. Within like a day. Yeah. He's he, like, he, well. He's just like, okay. I, I've really thought this over. <laughs> Let me give you this in five minutes. Uh, so, And yeah. then I guess we have this. Re- exactly how long has... You're saying you're saying that Nick Fury hasn't been in space for like the last movie and a half? Yes, that's what I'm saying. I think maybe I misread it completely. I think that when they morph into the scrolls at the end where Maria Hill and and uh and uh Fury morph into Talos and whatever that they're setting up that whole secret invasion that everybody was thinking maybe is a thing where yes. the scrolls can impersonate the Avengers yes. and all that stuff. They're they're saying for people who stick around for the credits typically are comic book nerds that'll be like oh my god they're really gonna do that and then when it cuts to Fury drinking a mai tai barefoot on the scroll ship it's basically saying no everything's cool but he's Fury, literally Fury, in space yeah he's still in space I feel like this no, movie is saying Nick Fury the whole time was Talos and that's why he, he fell gone for to space at any time though. no they he says he he gave Edith to Peter in that scene. No, he was he was in space the entire movie. I misunderstood. Okay, yeah, he was in space the entire Spider-Man. So then I think it's fair to ask: When did he go into space? How long has Nick Fury been a scroll? I assumed it was just for this movie, but then I don't know why. I'm still super concerned that they are going to now move forward with the freedom to do any fucking thing they want, and whenever anybody calls them on it, they're just going to go scroll all along, Mm. scroll all along. Well, I agree. They might bring Robert Downey Jr. back 
for a, another movie and have him turn into a scroll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I yes, it's possible. Okay, it's possible. But my feeling is that they use that as a subverted joke. Okay, uh, I agree with that you that, the, so that none of that is uh, canon. Then no, I mean the movie itself is canon, but it's it's saying, oh, are they going to do Secret Invasion? Are they going to do it? Oh no, it's okay. Fury's right. cool with it. He's gone off to space for a vacation after the events of Endgame. I see. Mm-hmm. So essentially, in my head. After he goes to Stark's funeral and he's at the cabin and all that stuff, he says, "Fuck it, I'm going to go to space." Maybe he hatches, uh, hatches, hitches a ride with uh, Captain Marvel to a Skrull sh- uh, ship and just kicks it for How a while. How come Talos doesn't get to decide his own fate? How come Nick Fury can just boss him around and say, "Hey, be me for a movie"? Well, maybe he volunteered. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I do agree well, that the movie is cracker thin. And it is not very substantive. Hey, here's exhibit A, the fucking blip. Yeah, the blip. Yeah. I don't understand the logic behind the blip. I don't know. They go really fast on that. They like do. I watched I remember watching that and going, Okay, okay, okay. Oh, now you've lost me. I have They've no lost, idea. Yeah, they spend two seconds on it, but then they constantly refer back to it mm-hmm. well and there's also they've for the second spider-man movie in a row they have fucked with the timeline because this movie opens and says they've already spent a whole school year after the blip that's nine months of the year oh i missed we that. had to go back and do the whole school year now with summer upon us that's where they're at in the beginning oh, but, but then yeah. peter will call himself 15 in this movie and he was 15 in homecoming which timeline was like two years ago <laughs> So, anyway, yeah, I, I need to see it again. But still, I got some issues with this movie. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think it's 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 fun to watch. I think it's a fun movie. That's for me. That's what it was. It had it because there was very little to do with the that main three phase arc that they did, and that it just did. It there was nothing about fucking stones in there, <laughs> and then yeah. it was it was just a regular standalone fucking Spider Man with a little bit of reference to the shit that's happened i was uh i was ready for that movie. yeah 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 it is refreshing to just kind of have a nice fun the, my my issue is that i had a lot more fun with homecoming in a similar way right right um and i wish they would have had a little bit it it almost felt like some of the fun stuff the kid stuff was a little bit forced yeah the whereas, romance, i mean honestly the whole romance storyline was blah yeah, for me yeah, i like right? both those actors yeah. i think they're both charismatic but it was a foregone conclusion. It was going to end exactly the way it did. There was never any question, does she actually like him? Yeah. I mean, they maybe wanted you to think that with the other guy flipping Peter off as he sits down next to her. But mm. I never bought that. I, I always knew they liked each other. And it was just, we're just waiting till they can have a conversation. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week. Uh, keep going to Syncast presented by Cinema Sins on Facebook. Uh, SoundCloud. Uh, we have Discord. I'll have to uh, invite you if you're not already on. Uh, go to Facebook on that and uh, I'll give you a little link, a little 24 hour link. Yeah. That, uh, you can go to Discord if you want. Uh, you, we have CinemaSense Twitter. We have Music Video Sense Twitter. We have uh, Reddit. We have a lot of places to talk about this very episode. You know what else we have? What's that? We have two other podcasts. Oh, oh yeah. We just posted our halfway point of season two of Barry. A podcast called Starting Now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Barry podcast, which is me and Chris and our buddy Mike. You can binge on that however you want to. We've also got a new podcast that I think is in its fourth or fifth episode or something like that called Behind the Sins mm-hmm. from 
the quote B team. They're always A's in our uh, hearts and minds, but it's Aaron Dicer, Jonathan Watkins, and Danae Hughes. Hughes. Um, and they kind of break down a little bit of the behind the scenes stuff mm-hmm. in the Cinema Sense universe, and it's a, a fun listen. It is. I like. I was it. actually on it uh, a couple of episodes ago, so check that out. Go buy the Ables in hardcover. Hey baby, right now, baby. Hey, baby. Strings is coming too. September twenty fourth. Oh, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. That's the coolest cover. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the Abel's cover is awesome, yeah. but Strings is like next level. Yeah, Do and like, I like the contrast. Whenever it colors. ends up on the shelf, all the covers of all your other books are gonna like melt away from it because they're <laughs> so ashamed to be in its presence. <laughs> That's correct. Um, all right, well that'll do it for this week. It's Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Sherrill. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. He and that other creepy British dude were part of like like a like a vampire hunting team that didn't have anything to do with slayers, right? Other creepy British dude. He was the guy that showed up on Halloween. And like, cursed everybody to become their costume. Remember that? He wasn't a demon, but he he had some sort of control over them Ooh. to where everybody became their costume. So like, Buffy was dressed in like a princess, like clueless. I remember that. Distress. Xander was like a fucking actual soldier and shit. So you're saying that's the guy who called him Ripper? Yeah, that's oh. the guy who called him Ripper, and he was creepy and British. Well, they're the Watchers. Yeah, but the Watchers themselves, I guess when they were younger, they Yeah, before he became and, a Watcher, he was a, rip, a, a he, Ripper. He was a Ripper. And before he was a Ripper, he was a Reaver. And before <laughs> he was a Reaver, he was a Cleaver. <laughs> I watched Andromeda Strain yesterday. Have you ever seen that movie? No. Fuck yeah. That movie's weird as balls. That came out in the 70s, right? Yeah, yeah. It, did. It's fuck, it rules. Did Crichton actually it's, direct it? Oh, I don't know. He may have. Because that, I would, I so. man, I would love for someone to do like a biography on Michael Crichton because I think that dude's career is super interesting. Oh yeah, because he came out with all the, he came out with these books. I don't know if he tried to be a filmmaker first. I know he was a doctor, but like, uh, he he did these things in the seventies that we know Westworld and all that. Yeah. Uh, and he, he he tried his hand at directing and all this, and then he didn't really become popular until Jurassic Park. Yeah. And Robert Wise did it. Robert Wise. Okay, yeah. He was um, a uh, he was a Star Trek guy, right? He did one of the Star Treks. Oh, that sounds right. I think he made it in the first, the first one. If that that makes total sense, then because Andromeda Strain is slow, yeah. and quiet. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think I I ran it past is. it. I think it ran pa- I ran past it one day, uh, flipping through channels, and this was years ago, and I could not keep my interest on it because that's how slow it was yeah the only reason i think it kept my interest was because i hadn't seen it and i wanted to see where it went (laughs) it didn't go too many interesting places but it's really really weird because it's the first 10 15 minutes it's like a military military investigation Mm -hmm. what happened to this town all these people died but then once every all the scientists are called in and they go underground it's a completely different movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, I I enjoyed it. But I enjoyed it. This is not a recommend, and this is off the cuff, by the way. I happened upon Sphere. <laughs> oh, oh God, God help me! God help me! <laughs>
I can't stop watching that movie. Oh, whoa. I don't know why. Oh. I know it's so. I've probably seen that movie like fifteen times. It's terrible. Although I can't talk. Mm. I, got, I got my own. Mm. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> yeah. I I have to watch it though. It's, it's like, shot really shittily and like it's performances are awful mm-hmm. remember Queen that latifah's like oh guys this is really beautiful there's all these jellyfishes out here oh hey they're stinging me oh hey but it is beautiful oh shit they're stinging me oh i'm dead mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking yeah. queen latifah and we know queen latifah can act but sh- jesus fuck. i feel like that was a vanity project because barry levinson and dustin hoffman after after rain man and then after wag the dog <laughs> They were like, oh, we've got some magic cooking here. We can do anything we want. Let's do Sphere. <sighs> there's, a, there's, there's a... Sharon Stone is in this. And, she, and like, everybody's dead. Except for, um, like, even uh, Liev Schreiber's dead at this point. It's just her and Samuel and uh, Dustin Hoffman. Mm-hmm. They've gone through this trauma, and they're trying to figure out how to get off of the, the habitat and all that stuff. And uh, And Dustin Hoffman's like... Uh, you know, they've got a little bit of downtown, downtown, and he's like, you want some coffee? And she says, yeah, I'll take it black like my mood. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, oh, that's so bad. Do you think so? Do you think so they know? Or do you think that there's something about the surroundings when they're making I it? I think they thought they were making fucking poetry, man. Because I bet it's really hard to know. The book is so good. The book is set. awesome. I bet you have to wait to see it. To really know if you've made something like good or not. They shot it out of sequence. There's the a scene thing. in a Shailene Woodley movie where she loses her virginity or something like that, and she has this internal that's actually, narrative. That's a scene in all of her movies. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's right. That's right. I have to clarify, but I don't remember the name. Uh, but like she lo- she's she's having sex for the first time, and her internal narration is like, and just like that, my virginity was gone, <laughs> much like my mother. Oh. <laughs> That's like Kramer. Yeah. Uh, much like the burning upon urination that I would experience thereafter. I've seen that. What is that? Fucking it's something like it's got diving bird in the butterfly. Yeah, I don't know what the yeah. fuck it is. White, white not- bird. The perks of having a terminal illness. <laughs> The movie was called White Bird and a Blizzard. Oh, White Bird and a Blizzard. White Bird and a Blizzard. Well, how would you even see it? Right? Because well, they're both white. Mm-hmm. They, there's this, there's <laughs> I think a, that's what it means. Yeah. There's a Calvin and a Hobbes strip where uh, Calvin has draws like this little mushroom, like a like a like a black mushroom thing, <laughs> and he asks Hobbes, "What is this?" And that's it. That's all that's on the page. He said, I don't know what is that. He said, it's a polar bear in a blizzard blinking. <laughs> it's just it's it's like the informant where he wonders how the polar bear knows to cover his oh nose. Oh, my God. He knows his nose is black. <laughs> so uh, uh, I wrote a Tumblr sin. And so I looked up, I Googled Tumblr porn because they removed all pornographic stuff from Tumblr, right? Mm-hmm. And so while looking at that, it, there was a there was like from the daily from, uh, what was it it was like a UK the Telegraph or something like that um, like a reputable site saying now that porn has gone from Tumblr here are some other sites that you can check out so of course I like I looked through it I didn't look through it mm-hmm. but then they did have like a bunch of subreddits of like porn mm-hmm. reddits and mm-hmm. I didn't realize that that Reddit allowed such things um yeah so 
Of course I started going down that rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. Reddit, Reddit just has like, like chicks who were like, hey, this is this is my naked body. It's the craziest fucking thing, man. So there's like there's a subreddit for like girls over 30 and they, they have their age, stuff like that. And I was like, hey, you know, not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> what amazed me. There's there's like there's there, the, 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 the article listed like five different subreddits of like only real girls or whatever like like uh. like only you can't be a cam model and you can't be like a an instagram model mm-hmm. or something like that like it's literally pe- and there are thousands of these people yeah i didn't see any guys but like there's thousands of these people that are just like felt cute wanted to show off my vagine mm-hmm. yeah here's my butthole right kind of makes euphoria seem a lot more realistic in hindsight dude dude there's mm. Dude, mm-hmm. seriously, nobody's even listening anymore. They're all like Googling subreddits, porn reddits. That's right. Have you, you've, you're familiar with this. I plead the fifth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was transfixed. I wasn't doing anything untoward to myself, but I was just transfixed on like how these. It's like it, it probably like one of my fucking neighbors is like, you know, from well, Nashville, yeah. Tennessee. Here's one my of butthole. the very most popular subreddits right now is a subreddit called Roast Me. And people upload pictures of themselves with the subreddit name and the date, roast me and the date. And basically, everyone rips the shit out of them. I cannot understand it for the life of me because roast like how your appearance, like it's just a yes, picture of you. Like perfectly pretty people. And then someone will find one th- like that eyebrow is a little large and then they'll just take it to the to the floor and be like. But well, they're asking for this. The pe- the person. Yes, that's the yes. You only post there if you want people to mock you. Wow. Mm. And it gets brutal. Every single thread I've ever seen gets brutal. God. What the fuck are we doing? Like, what are we there doing? was a girl who posted today who said she just got a modeling <laughs> contract. She was pretty. Uh-huh. Top voted comment. Do you let your boyfriend suck your dick? Because. <laughs> She had manly hands, I guess. I don't know. It went quickly to... I'm just saying, I don't understand. So that that girl, for sure, did the roast me thing? Like, yes. Are there people, though, who don't do the roast me and that same type of shit still is I'm said? sure it does. Yes, I'm sure it does. Yeah. Uh, but, but that whole... Did she seemed like she had, like... Or she just looked masculine. Have, she just looked masculine. That was literally all they were going on. Mm. Mm. Reddit... Reddit is fucked up. Man. I'm telling you, it's about as bad as the YouTube comment section in general. Oh my like, god! It's not a place for, not a very good place for. Dis- now there are some subreddits that are great for discussion. Like science is still our science is still like very strictly. Yeah, you're you're only allowed to respond to a question if you actually have a degree in that field, and like they keep it very. So the moderators board. are like, yeah, and it all depends on the moderators, and most moderators just don't care. You don't. That's no money for someone to be a moderator right <laughs> no no, no. I, don't, I didn't know i know you can monetize really anything. no and some of them to their credit do a lot of work and don't get anything sure. in return i tweeted about this yesterday because it, it boggled my mind in gone in 60 seconds Del- delroy lindo says something about impounding the cars i don't even i don't care if they're owned by tom cruise Mm-hmm. So I was like, mm-hmm. so Tom Cruise exists in this universe, mm-hmm. but Nicolas Cage does not. Mm-hmm. And I, I figured the perfect stinger to that joke would be, what? It, then I guess this movie that has Tom Cruise and Nicolas Cage in it together doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. 
And you couldn't find one. Couldn't find one. Right. Apparently, he's uncredited in The Outsiders, but fuck that noise. That's not... That's Who's not uncredited? Cage? Yeah. Cage is. Which, and he would have been called Nicholas Coppola yeah, back yeah. then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it makes total sense since he's part of the family, the Coppola but I family. But I, I figured there's got to be... I was searching the recesses of my mind, but then I did that collaboration thing mm-hmm. in, on IMDb, and I was like, there's got to be. And it was all like 77th Academy yeah. Awards, 67th Academy Awards. It's like, fuck, there's seriously? Just, yeah, There's there, there are certain actors that you know for a fact haven't been together just by just by hearing them together like two two yeah, names yeah. like you just like oh yeah probably too much ego there cruise and cage probably couldn't possibly get those two but in they're the same, the same age they ran around the same circles they did. like you know you think just by accident mm-hmm. they'd be in like a tropic thunder or but i mean like if it wasn't for uh what is it uh taps there wouldn't be a cruise sean penn movie mm. like you're, you know it's that's that's, yeah, that's way what, back yeah, in the day yeah, yeah. And then, and then once they branched out, like, yeah, you don't, you don't know of any other cruise pen movies out there. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck. Mm, yeah. Just tell me what you want to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> when you first saw the bracket, you thought maybe it was just going to be a Marvel landslide. Just like a up- bukkake of Marvel. Bukkake. Mostly bukkakes is Did what I was thinking. Did you see my tweet of. about my fork tongue dick? <laughs> yeah. When I do the jerk off motion. Oh, I did not see that. I walked into the other front room the other night. My wife was watching TV and I said, I think from now on when I do that jerk off motion that you do whenever you're showing disdain for something, right. I'm going to do it with two hands. Mm. Like I have a fork tongue dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she just got up and walked out of the room. Right, right. <laughs> Sounds like uh, I've read, a, I've read uh, a, a many of your tweets over the years. Not all of them, but it seems like uh, your wife leaves the room a lot. Yeah, well, <laughs> she has learned that's one of the best ways to cope with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's best just to not acknowledge me. It's like that Just Don't Look song on The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't look at Jeremy. He will go away. I'm just glad that you're the one that said it mm-hmm. and not me. Yeah. I don't know. I think they probably like manipulate. They find a way. <laughs> so it's sort of like, you know, interior decoration. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my That's God. definitely getting cut. <laughs> oh, <laughs> cut city.